Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. This episode contains spoilers from the entire A Court of Thorns and Roses and the Throne of Glass series by Sarah J. Mass and the original's television show. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm I'm hanging in there. I'm currently getting over COVID, so it's been it's been a time. (laughs) So yeah it's it's been it's been a fun holiday but no um I'm I'm feeling a lot better you know hanging in there so I unfortunately haven't done as much reading in the beginning of this year due to that it's been a ride (laughs) how are you I'm better than you it's only like it's in the 50s here it's been a little bit like cooler than it was I think around Christmas it started to get colder it was colder here than it was there for Christmas um, but the weather's been pretty chilly, which this is my favorite time of year, like January, February, because it's still cold, but like, it's nice enough to go outside because in March it'll be like in the eighties, which I'm like mentally not prepared. And then it will get really hot. Nope. Did you get anything bookish this week? Not this week, but recently I ordered a few things from Blissley Bookish towards the end of the year. Um, and I, they just came in. So I ordered a couple of shirts and a pair of joggers that I'm really excited about. So I did some style upgrades. I just got a handful of things. I did the Raven Boys Gang, which I haven't seen a lot of people get, but I really like it. I think it's cute. And then I got the Hobbit Gang and I did a style upgrade with a really pretty color that came in cute for Crescent City University, the um, embroidery that they have on the hats. And I got um, a couple other things, but they haven't come in yet. So I'm really excited about that and can't wait to get those. And then I did my book of the month this month. I didn't skip because I got socks. So I got Reckless Girls and All the Light You Can't See. I did that as like an add-on. What about you? Nice. Yeah, I also got my book of the month. Um, of also Reckless Girls. And I also got socks too. So they're so cute. I love them. And let's see, I ordered some things from Blissly Bookish. So I ordered the Shadow and Bone pajamas and they're so cute and comfy and I absolutely love them. Um, I also ordered the Cassian pin, the like, the like outfit ones or whatever um the like threads one that was it novel threads that she has um and so I ordered the Cassian pin because coffee and then um I also got the starlight the city of starlight um location tea so that hasn't come in yet though but I ordered that and then um I didn't get other things but I made other things I made some book of shirts because I was you know, experimenting with my cricket and <laughs> made a couple, made a couple shirts and, uh, had fun with that. So, you know, all the fun bookish things I got. Oh, I did get some like prints from Nerdy Ink. So they were having a sale on some of their prints and she had restocked all of their dragon prints. So I got the smog one, I got the wyvern one, and then they're really cool. Like, um, dragon What there's another really cool dragon one. So I got all those and a couple pins and, you know, just, spending more money on things that I don't need, <laughs> but it's great. I love them all. They're wonderful. 
Yeah, I've been trying to be good about buying like little things. I canceled all my book subscription boxes and stuff like that. Um, but I was a rep for Blissfully Bookish and that ended in December. So I ordered a bunch of stuff before my rep code went away because that's basically like all I wear nowadays anyway. So, you know, here we are. But yeah, <laughs> I've been trying to be really good about buying books too because we talked about this last year, but we're going to try and read through our bookshelves this year. And I don't want to get anything unless it's like stuff that I'm like super anticipating yeah. slash I've already pre-ordered like the next Crescent City and probably Kingdom of the Feared and things like that but I'm gonna yeah. try and not buy like brand new books this year and rent them from the library first yeah same I I will say when my sister was out here for the holidays uh we bought a lot of books I have been trying to be like okay these are what I'm gonna read through I pretty much have all the ones that we're gonna read through this year so yeah. or that we've like planned for at least so that'll be good. And I have a lot of ones on my shelf that I'm like, these have been on my shelf for years and I want to read them. I just like haven't read them yet, right? Doing that. And then I'm also trying to be better about like doing stuff on my Kindle. And especially like there's a there's a lot of books on like Kindle Unlimited that are actually pretty decent that I have really enjoyed. So I'm trying to use that, continue to use that more. I don't need to like fill my shelves at the moment. So, because they are full. Same. There is no more room. <laughs> Mine are like sitting on the floor in my room. Makes me sad. It gives me hives. That's how I feel. I'm like, I keep trying to rearrange and I'm like, okay, I'm going to rearrange and put this here and do that there. And then I'm like, I just physically do not have enough room. I double stacked like you did all my romance novels because I have like a teeny bookshelf for all of those. And I double stacked them and that has freed up very little space in my shelving because I have so many books. So yeah, my goal is to kind of like go through everything this year and just like read that, read on the Kindle, read through the library. Thankfully, I have like a big library here that I'm renting from and trying to get all that done. So fingers crossed. It's like the, yep. the, the third week of the year and we haven't bought any books yet. So we're doing good. We're hanging in there. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like trying to, the only books that I'm going to get it probably just going to be through book of the month. That's my goal for at least the next couple months is to be good about that. Because like I said, there's just so many, unless I like need a like a book in a series or something like that like I don't I'm not gonna we'll see we'll see how that goes yeah like because <laughs> I will be buying Akasif in September in paperback we, I don't know like, yeah oh yeah when Gods yeah. and Monsters oh paperback I will be doing that <laughs> yeah no 1000% so yeah lots lots of books so you have a lot of books that you're that are on your docket right now that you're reading through I so we're today's episode also, but we're reading through all of Akatar. So I finished Akatar in December. So we've done Akamath, Akawar, Akafasif, and Akasif. And I'm doing a buddy read of Piety the Orange Tree. Um, I'm listening to an audiobook. I have another one that I like have that I might may or may not have to return early. And then I've been waiting like ages because I didn't want to buy the book because I don't, I've never read, I think his name is Anthony Deer. I think that's how you say it. I've never read any of his books, but like, I've had a couple people tell me that they're like their favorite books ever are his. And it's like all the light we cannot see. So that's why I got it on book of the month because I've been looking at that one for a while, but, um, I didn't want to buy Cuckoo Cloudland because it's full price. And I was like trying to be better about buying things full price. So I rented it from the library and it's been on hold for like 36 weeks since it came out. <laughs> I just got it, but I only have a 14 day rental. So I'm like, I'm trying to like power through that whole thing and get that done. So unintentionally, um, I have like made my January TBR like nine books that I have to read for the book club yeah. for this yep. because I have a deadline and because I committed to too many things because um 
or have no self-control. The struggle is real. The bookish struggle is real. I I've been in a bit of a slump, so I'm trying to be like, okay, let's, let's power through this. And it's, it's getting better, but it's also just like, after being sick, I'm just like, I don't, I don't feel like doing anything right now. So. Yeah. I'm like trying to not watch TV at night and things like that. And just like read when I have time during the day to get all of them done because like, because I've read Act of War and like I, I've, since I've read the entire Actar series, like I don't necessarily feel like I need to reread it to like talk about it for the podcast, but I want to because it's been so long since I've gone into them. So I'm trying to get through those first and get those done. But then I'm like, okay, there's a time crunch of like only having 14 days with like Cuckoo Cloudland, and then also like wanting to discuss the Pirate of an Orange Tree and the book club and all those things. So yeah, I'm just stressed. I'm sweating. I'm having a great time. They're all really good books. <laughs> um, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> she's not panicking at all like there's no no struggle here at all we're fine we're thriving <laughs> everything is fine speaking of what are we yeah. talking about today well we are covering Akamath so for those of you who do not know that is A Court of Mist and Fury which is the second book in the Akatar series so um yeah this is definitely the one where things kind of pick up and like things actually happen <laughs> things actually start to happen which is nice um it is bigger than than a court of thorns and roses i remember reading akatar and being like okay like this is like a pretty quick read and then i like got into akamath i'm like oh and then i started akwar yesterday and i'm like these books just keep getting bigger so. yeah it's kind of a surprise i think when you look at them on the shelf you're like oh these aren't too bad like obviously a court of thorns and roses is smaller than the other two and then you're like a Court of Frost and Starlight is a novella, so obviously it's really short. But it does that kind of Throne of Glass thing where you get into it, and it's like when Crown of Midnight is is shorter than Queen of Shadows, but the book is bigger. And you know that's kind of how I felt when I got into it. I was like, okay, Akatar is shorter, but it, these other ones are just like massive, and they just start to like kind of yeah. feel longer as you go throughout, even though they don't look that big. Yeah, um, a lot happens in this book. A lot. A lot. I forgot how. I don't even know. I forgot how like emotionally draining the beginning of this book is and how many things happen up until about, I'd say three quarters of the way. And then I start to just get vaguely irritated with the ending. But like the beginning is it's honestly, it's hard to read. It genuinely is, mm-hmm. you know? So we started, it really is. We started basically where Feyre has come back from under the mountain, her and Tamlin, and this isn't so much so explained, but they sort of had a blissful month or two um, post under the mountain where he proposes to her. She's like, I've never been happier. I think I'm like, okay. But feeling this sort of imposter syndrome of like, I'm never going to be good enough. And then we really get to the thick of it of like, this is where all the red flags from Tamla come from. And, and I said this in the last episode with Akatar. I think as I was reading it the first, obviously as I was reading it the first time, I didn't see all the red flags because I was so naive. I didn't know any of the spoilers and all that kind of stuff. And I was reading it as 2012 me would have read it, but I read it in 2019. So I think going into this one, this is really where you see the red flags. If you weren't looking for them in the first one, like if you didn't know better, you would see it in this one. And like the, the very beginning, even the first like three chapters, the things that he does, you're like, I, it gives me like rage, it, but it also makes it, me so no. sad. It Kirsten does. And this so is something, feelings. so many feelings. <laughs> I made like six or seven reaction videos to this book. And I just like, I, it's, it's, I have, many feelings. And I think, I think the biggest takeaway I 
have I have like taken from this book and I, I do love that she incorporated she wrote this so beautifully too so it's this separation and difference between Tamlin and Reese and how each of them and how they've dealt with this trauma has affected Feyre and you can see it so it's I mean it's just it's it's written beautifully in that aspect of Tamlin is not dealing with his trauma Tamlin is ignoring Feyre's trauma Tamlin is not he's just he's he's just being toxic not only to Feyre but to Lucian to himself to his court every like I mean he's it's bad he's just like not dealing with it and he's trying to ignore it and, and like stamp it down and it's coming out in very unhealthy ways like you know he's basically blowing up and being rude and being mean and it's just like all these terrible things whereas you know Reese stayed away for months at least trying to deal with some of his trauma and understanding that he wasn't going to push that on Farah. you know what I mean and Tamlin on the other hand he's ignoring he's her choking her with yeah. like, the protective thing. So obviously this is a very perfect example of like an abusive relationship, you know, and not only physically, but like mentally, you know, where he's saying like, I'm your protector. It's my job to protect yeah. you, blah, blah, blah. And I sort of get it as in like in the first, in the first one, he is this, he is this person and she never saw yeah. it. And it was very rose colored glasses in the first one. So we understand that like, yes, she was weak and she was a human and all those sorts of things. And I love that she sees internally and is like, but I'm Faye now and there's gotta be something I can do and I have to help. But I don't love that in her character, I don't like Feyre. I, I like Neither her the I. best, I think out of all three. And so up until Aquawar, I like her the best. I think I relate to Nesta. I said this in the last one. Like, I think I relate to Nesta the most, but like, I don't really like Nesta. I think her character is just a little too much for me because I am a little too much, but like, I like <laughs> her the most, but I don't like that she is like, I have to help because I did something bad because I killed yeah. two people, because I, I'm never going to be good enough, because my soul is so stained and darkened, and it's like, I don't like that she lets herself think that, and then that, like, and I know that this is the point, but, like, the people around her, even Lucian is not, like, has never sat down and said to her, like, I've killed so many people, mm-hmm. and you did this to save so many people, and I've just done it, like, I've just done this yeah. in war, well, in, I, ugh, like, the thing is, too, ugh. is they all see it, they all see it, Alice, Lucian, Tamlin is not, Tamlin sees it. Like, they all fucking see it. But, like, they don't care. And it's, like, and that's the thing is, like, you know. And their, like, fear of Tamlin is really irritating to me as well. Because Alice was, like, shitty to her the entire time. And, Mm -hmm. like, yelled at her to go under the mountain Mm -hmm. and all this. And was just kind of, like, and then maybe not, like, shitty all the the time. But, like, she very much so pushed Feyre the entire first book. And yep. she was really mean to her at that one part, but she allowed Tamlin to do that and was just like, well, he's my high Lord. And it's like, yeah, but in the comfort of your room, you say something to her yeah. because you used to be that person that did that and mm-hmm. you didn't. And she does eventually, but yeah. like, that's, it's war. But anyways, uh, like, but that's but like one later. whole book later. Yeah, because she's like learned her lesson. Like, oh, like I, maybe I like should have said something. And this is, this is something that drives me crazy and we talk about this and we'll talk about it towards the end because this is something that I, I it is so rage inducing for me it literally I this is one thing in real life and in a book 
like when people tell you, oh, you don't know your own mind. Like I know what's best for you. You don't know what you're feeling. What you're feeling isn't valid. How you're feeling, what the way you're reacting, you need to just like calm down and like get over it. And it, it literally, I, yeah, like <laughs> Tatiana's eyes twitching right now. Like literally, <laughs> it makes me so mad because again, I, I have been in relationships where people have done that to me and gaslit me so severely and had such emotional abuse that it's just like, you don't even know which way is up. You don't even know what your own, you truly don't know what your own mind is. It's like, is, am I, is this what I truly believe? Or is this what everyone else is telling me? Or this person is telling me to feel. And is it, is that why I'm feeling this way? Like, it is like, your whole world is just flipped upside down and you just don't even know. Well, and I think that like, she does a really good job. I would say that this is the one that sort of, and we've all had this discussion. This is the one that sort of brushes the edge of new adult. There's some pretty spicy scenes in here that I would, she wrote this, I think in 2014 or something like that. Like the, the average audience, let's say if you read this at 17, when I was like 19, it would be okay. But if I read this at like 15 and I read this and then I read it again at 17, like it's not okay. So I don't really love the transition there, but I do like that she kind of shows this as us older reading this and realizing like when I was 17 and when I was, or when I was anywhere between like 16 and 23, her relationship with Ianthea or her, I don't know how to say her name. Anthea, I don't know. I call Anthea, her Anthea. She's, I hate her. I, but it's like the relationship oh! that she has with Lucian, Tamlin and Anthea, we'll call her Anthea. It, I love that she shows kind of every stage, like someone who, was a friend before when she was a human, Tamlin, who she's a love interest, and then this other person who came in afterwards and doesn't really know her that well, and how all three of those people make her feel crazy, make her feel unloved, make her feel insane, mm-hmm. are overbearing. And it's like, because I think when we were those ages, I would have seen that, and I can see it now, hindsight, 2020, looking back, yeah, maybe I had a lot of relationships like that. And not just like, like not just like love relationships, like friendship relationships where people made me feel crazy for feeling a sort of way or for standing up for myself or for feeling imposter syndrome. Like, no, you can't feel that way. Like you're a great person. It's like, but I don't feel that. You know what I mean? So it's like, I do love that, that about this book in the beginning. And I think for me, that's why it was so painful to read the second time because the first time I was just sort of like enjoying it and just like getting through it and everything. But the second time it's like, now I know that this is a huge book and series about mental health struggles and like just being more aware of that is like, and you feel it full to feel that mm-hmm. because you're like shit I was that person when I was her age when I was 21 you know well it transports you back things. to a time when you oh. when you did do when you did go through that I, there were some like moments I was like okay I need to sit this down for a second Whew. like I mean it's just like you know and it's I don't know it's just it's 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 again it's written so beautifully because she shows the difference between Feyre being with someone who dealt terribly with their trauma and how that affected her and how someone who dealt not great but like is actually trying to deal with said trauma and how that changed her completely I mean she put on weight she like was starting to actually find joy in life and you know enjoy the things that she used to enjoy and like realize that she was it was okay and it wasn't just and the thing is too this is this is the thing too that I'd really loved it's not just one person that's such a codependent situation you know you talked about you know Lucian and Yanthi and Tamlin and how they all played into this gaslight terrible situation for Farah. 
where, you know, you go to the court of dreams and you've got Castian who's there, you know, when she's training and she's just like, she like burned through the gloves and Cassian's just sitting there and, and like allowing her to feel, allowing her to feel because Tamlin and no one let her do that. And she's like, I killed them. And Cassian is like, yes, you did. And you're going to have to live with that. But you saved everyone you saved you know and he was so I love Cassian just for him him and Feyre's friendship is just so I love them so much (laughs) I love love them and I think they do a good job of like building her relationships with Cassian in this one and I think her relationship with Moore and Asriel is really good in the next one like I love her relationship with Asriel so much and her friendship with him so much more than I love her than Cassian's because I think Cassian is friends to everyone and Asriel is like sort of a nugget of like he's he like he isn't like great friends with everyone in all of so I really like did it steps back into the shadows yeah yeah like that. <laughs> that's a side note but okay I have some thoughts that are sort of scattered this is not like a timeline in the book at all but go for it I I do like the comparison of like Reese and Tamlin um I like that Reese has a better grasp on his like mental health and he, he has obviously has a better inner circle and all those sorts of things I don't like that he kind of does gaslight her and doesn't admit mm-hmm. to everything that happened in Akatar. Like Reese is yeah. toxic. Reese is shitty. Yep. Like if you don't if you haven't like pried back all the layers to his masks and blah 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 blah, you wouldn't you wouldn't know that he sucks. Like you wouldn't know that. You know what I mean? Or that like he doesn't suck, I guess is what I should say. Like you wouldn't know that he's a nice person, that he's kind, that he built this whole city, blah blah blah. So I get it. And he shows her that. But he does sort of vaguely say like I'm kind of I don't know. It was like maybe not the best choice to like drug you and just like grope you. Like maybe that wasn't like my greatest moment, but he doesn't actually ever say like, I'm sorry that I put you in a situation where I was trying to piss someone off so much that he would attack immediately. And that I was like drugging you every night because I just knew that your, your mind was already cracking. And I, I just didn't want you to have to go through that. It's like, he never, and that's how he puts it. And it's like, no, you should be like, I'm sorry. He never should have, he never should have done that in the first place. And he doesn't even say sorry for it. He's not like, I'm sorry no. I you. He's just like, oh yeah, no. I shouldn't have. Like, it's probably possible that like, that wasn't a great idea. And it was like, a very, I can't be held, I can't be held accountable for my actions because I was under the mountain and trying to survive. You just, it was very like, well, you know, yeah, what I did was maybe a mistake, but like, I did it to save my family. So I'm like, no, you didn't drug her and grope her to save your, that had nothing no. to do with any of that. And then he's like, and well, I was jealous. And you're like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. You don't do that. You don't do that. Like, don't, no, it's bad. And he, I agree there. And, and then the whole, like all the things that he put her through and this, this was, this is where I was sitting with like Cassie. And I was like, when Cassie was mad at him for sending her into the Weaver's cottage, he's like, you're a dick. Like, that was not okay. Like he straight up was like, no. And you know, eventually you come to find out that uh, the things that he the put her through is yes. not enough for me to like it's not enough for me to forgive him wholeheartedly by the end of this book Mm-mm. especially Mm-mm. because at the end he's still lying he's still lied to her the entire yeah. time and I understand why and like we get it and in the second like I understand to a point there is a point yeah. where he could have been where he could have been upfront with her and he should have been upfront yeah. with her and and this is again in my if you watch my reaction videos I go on a whole thing on this one but like we're just gonna jump out of order the fact that like she finds out from a serial that they're mates and he hasn't even expressed that to her and there's like he should have told her way earlier than he did and he put her through all this crap and he's like you know 
oh, let's go to the Weaver's Cottage. Oh, let's do all this stuff. And da 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 da. And on and on and on. And they put her through the freaking ringer. And I know he was quote unquote testing her to see if she would be a good mate. But like, are you kidding me? Like, it made me so. And the fact that she just like dumped him in the snow was like, deal with him. I'm gone. Like, I'm out. I love that she was like, didn't immediately forgive him. You know what I mean? And it wasn't just like, no, like, no, that's not okay. And it wasn't okay. Like, it's not okay. You don't. It, it just it's still not okay. no I'm still not okay with it we're like I'm still not okay and I, I just I think Reese is a great I think in the next book he's a really really good book boyfriend he's a great husband he's a great yeah. like character but in this one I don't think he's the perfect man and I really no. don't like the last half where it's like my mate my mate my mate my mate it's like we fucking get it Sarah like we get it your mate I understand, but please stop saying it. And so I think for me, it's like, like the new, it's a new painting. Like, yeah, that's... <laughs> so glad we didn't get a bunch of that in this one, but oh my I think God. for me too, yeah. like the, the moments that people love in these books, like chapter 54 and 55, like I get why, but for me, there was so many other moments in there where I felt like the connection emotionally was so much stronger and that he should have told her. And I just, I'm not going to give Reese a, a gold star for giving her a choice in life. And I know that Farrah yeah. says that a few times because, because like that, because that is a basic right. And that that's is, what she says. that's, that's, that's and, and like, I exactly. And that's kind of what, how I feel like. And she says that a few times. She's like, he's giving me a choice, which is like a basic, right? So like, I shouldn't be, you know, so thankful and grateful to him. And I'm like, I get that. But also like, you've never had the option of being allowed to have choices. So I see why it feels like such a big thing to you. And I do appreciate that he makes that a point. Like she didn't have a choice in whether she was rich or poor. She didn't have a choice in whether she got to feed her family or not. She didn't have a choice. Like, you know, the only choice she's ever made was saving her family to come to Perithian and then saving Tamlin under the mountain. Like those are the only choices she's ever made in her life. So I understand why it's made such a big deal. I understand why it, it makes Reese feel so big and great and like all these things. And exactly. It should be so basic, but I think he does a lot of other things that make him good, but I don't like that. That's something that is like brought up over and over again. It's like, we get it. He lets you make choices, but like moving on, he has other, but qualities. it's also he like helps you mentally. You know what I mean? Like he's fed you. He showed you things. He's like pushed you out of your comfort zone. He's given you great friendships. So stop bringing up. Like he let me choose between a and B. What a good guy. You know, like just let that yeah. go. You know what I, I mean? think a lot of, I think a lot of people definitely, um, see, obviously see the good more than they do the bad and for me and I'm not a Tamlin stan at all I'm just gonna say this but again you see this the diff the reason why he's so bad is because she's trying to show the difference between a slightly healthy relationship and a, a toxic one and it's like I really hope that and I think a lot of it too is who Tamlin has surrounded himself with I mean you've got Anthe I mean, Lucian, I love Lucian. I, don't get me wrong, I love Lucian. But he's also had extreme trauma in his life that he hasn't even dealt with. So how is he going to be able to deal with Tamlin's trauma if he hasn't even dealt with his own? And so, you know, it's, I think it would have been different for Tamlin if he had a support, like a, a, like a support group or people in his life that, were like the court of dreams. I mean, that are like, you know, Cassian and Asriel who are like 
brothers, you know, and more who, more and Amron who will put Reese in his place and say, no, that's not okay. And all of them are very open about how they feel about things. And, you know, Reese takes her. Reese reminds me very much of Aelin in the fact that he's always scheming and nobody actually truly knows what he's doing. And that kind of annoys me. That was something that um, so true. I and, actually never thought about that. That's something in Throne of Glass that really bothered me about Aelin. Aelin is not my most favorite character. I, I love Lysandra. Lysandra was my favorite character in there. But um, Aelin was not my favorite just because there were many things that were very impactful to the entire group of these people that she's like, oh, I love you all so much. You're my family, yet you're making these decisions for these people. So technically, is he giving her a choice if he's doing all of these things no, behind her back? Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. I love Reese as a character and the idea of this snarky guy who's really sarcastic, who helps her with things and is really subtle about it. And I think if he hadn't known that she was his mate, everything that he did is cute. Everything that he did is wholesome. You know, him trying to teach her how to read and the mental shields and working her powers and giving her these friendships and trying to in, in trying to like integrate her into the community of Perithia, not just the Night Court. But, but it's also, would this have happened if she wasn't exactly. I don't know. And that's my question. That's like my question for the masses is like, do you feel like he would have felt that attraction for her had she not been his mate? Because when she was human, he didn't really know, but he always felt kind of drawn to her. And it's like, I would like the idea of both of them not knowing until maybe halfway through. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like that it was at the end of Akatar. So it's like- Like the, the bond would snap into place when they were actually in love. You right. know what I mean? Or something like Versus that. Like, yeah. yeah. And, then, and the bond that they had was because of their bargain. And I like that concept. So it's like, I think the things that he does are really cute. And I, I love his like snarky attitude. And I love, you know, the idea of introducing her house. Those, what is the words I'm looking for? The one house that she goes into. No. Oh, the, the cabin? City. Yeah. No, the Hewn City. The one in the Court of Nightmares. Oh. Like the that she yeah. goes to. And she's like, you know, it, it's crazy because I feel like in my head, like I can 100% picture the Spring Court. I can totally see what it looks like to live in that manner. Yeah. It's very Beauty and the Beast to me. And her always feeling like the walls are pressing in. And then Reese is like, I'm not going to bother you for a whole week. I'm just going to let you live in this house on the side of a mountain with floor to ceiling windows. And these two girls who painted you like a gypsy whore in the first book and like, let you feel comfort. And I really like the idea that, or I really liked when she talks about the different clothing attire. Like I thought that was really fun and gave kind of another element of you being able to see how different things were there where it felt very Aladdin and Jasmine with like, you know, the crop tops and the flowy pants versus like big poofy Bridgerton dresses type of thing. And so I did, I like that there was more descriptions in this one and she talks more about the food and, and all those sorts of things. So I think the elements of like description were so much better in this book, which immerses you more into it. and makes you feel yeah. that, but like, there's so many things that give me the rage. I just I'm I, I want to go back to this whole choice thing because I've just like had a slight epiphany because it's like she keeps talking about oh, it's always her choice he's always giving her a choice he's always giving her a choice but there's this he knows this bond is there so technically she doesn't really like she doesn't know why and this is this is gaslighty too I'm just gonna say she doesn't know why she's like so is she attracted to him because he's actually good and because he's like doing good things for her or is it because she's his mate and these things are just amplified because of the mating bond and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he knows that. And it's one of those things that it's like, is he just like grooming her? Like, you know what I mean? And it's very, it's very, that's very cringy to me. And it's like, 
that's why he should have been honest from her from the beginning and been like, okay, like we do, you're my mate. You know, I felt this snap in the place, like when I first saw you when you were made and things like this. And I just want to be upfront with you. And let's like the communication thing. The miscommunication trope is one of the things that I just throw it out the window. Like it makes me so angry. Honesty, like it just, it's such a foundation. And he could have been honest with her and just said, yeah, you're my mate. But that does not mean that we have to be together. And, and this is something they talk in Akawar. I mean, they talk about, you know, with Azriel and Elaine, but, you know, he's like, we are mates, but, you know, sometimes that doesn't mean we're meant to be together and that's okay. But I do want to spend time with you. I want you to get to know me. I want you to make that, make that decision, make that choice on whether you want to move forward with the mating bond. And he didn't give her that choice until it was just like dumped in her lap. And he's like, oh, sob story give me soup like it just I don't it makes me so mad (laughs) no and I totally agree and I feel like that's why I wish we as the readers hadn't have known that he knew until like when he told her or something like I wish it would have been a surprise for all of us but we knew at that point you know what I mean I guess I well did we not no it was a surprise for all of us right I don't know I just wish that was a surprise but it's very obvious like his yeah it's just I don't know it's like and I just don't like the the self-loathing of her being like, I'm such a dirty person. I'm such a whore. Like, can't believe I like him after two months of like being away from Tamlin. That's like a blink of an eye, blah, blah, blah. So like, I didn't really like the self-loathing part of it and just all the things that she kind of goes through, the struggle that she goes through internally. And then she like throws his ass in the, in the sand. And I'm like, this is a 180. Like you can't feel bad about yourself and then be mad at him and then forgive him all within the span of like a week. You know what I mean? Because that's exactly what happened. You know, they, they're in the cabin and there's the first spicy scene two days later and that's that's where he should have been honest with her and, and be like says. you're you're that. feeling these with you. you're feeling these things because you are my mate it's not because you're a traitorous whore it's because there's a bond there's a mating bond and that's great and you're gonna feel these things you need to discern whether these are genuine feelings for you too and again have that choice and he does not give that to her and then he's like oh, I should have told you it's like the whole oh I guess I should have I don't know been honest with Tarquin and just asked for the book like come on that made me so angry I was so okay, mad about let's that let's go through like the beginning the middle and the end okay we're just like all over the place yeah, sorry no, fine. It's just like a race, <laughs> race real quick um so the beginning part where she first sort of gets back to the spring court she's being dressed up and all those sorts of things did you feel the cringy vibes from Anthea or whatever her name is? Did you sort of know from the get-go that she was going to be this slimy sort of power hungry person? Or did you feel for Feyre like nice that she has a friend that is like, obviously. I just, I, at first it was like, oh, okay. And then I, obviously I've seen spoilers. So I know that she's garbage, but like at first you're like, oh, okay. Like maybe. And then she starts being very like gaslighty and you're here for Tamlin. You need to support Tamlin and the court. And it's not, it's like, oh, you're drowning and your mental health is terrible. And you're, she's obviously losing weight. She's like depressed. She's not sleeping. She's like, it's just all these obvious signs of like PTSD. And it's like, they just ignore it because it, and it just, to be crazy because her mental health isn't what what needs to be taken care of she needs to take care of tamlin and the court and not herself you know what i mean because she comes second she's just oh she's so cringy and gross and with lucian being like yeah she's she's nasty i i I don't know and i think that's something again lucian knows that she's 
you know, she is what it is. And she's, he's supposed to be some great advisor and Tamlin's best friend. Yet he never, again, he did that thing. He just like, he's good. I feel like for Lucian, like I, I really wanted. He made, he made me really mad in this book. Like I was really upset. But also he's the only one that is willing to stand up to Tamlin and say something. Granted, he doesn't push very hard. But I do appreciate that he does go, you know, hey, I do understand that you're struggling and like all of that kind of stuff, but doesn't feel that he it's his place to kind of say something. So I, I liked Lucian's character because it felt very genuine in this one. Yeah, because Tamlin is isolating her. Absolutely. Tamlin does not want her to have friends. This is this is like out of the abuser handbook. Like right. he is isolating her. He wants to be the only thing she's dependent upon even though he is not giving her any kind of emotional, like anything that's going to help her, you know? And he's just, and again, this is all part of him not dealing with his trauma. It's hurt people, hurt people, but it's, it just, it drives me crazy. It's again, out of the abuser handbook. And every time she does reach out to Lucian or does try to talk to him, Tamlin gets all jealous and pissy and they're separated. They can't hang out or, you know, she can only hang out with Anthony because she's just this, pillar of purity i hate her so much i i i of every character in the entire series i hate her so much because she's just the biggest predator and i hate her so much anyways yeah i i'm i didn't like the part i guess i didn't realize this the first time i read it but the second time i didn't like the part where she was telling her how to dress um and she was like deciding stuff for her I remember the wedding her wedding dress yeah I knew that I like remembered that part but I didn't remember the part where she like had dressed her for everything and I was like that is so cagey and like red flaggy to me and I don't like the wedding dress at all like the idea that she like picked out her wedding dress and that that Pharaoh was just like yeah she can do it for me because it's like not a big deal and I was like who is this person that like that Sarah turned Feyre into in this beginning part. And I understand that like, it is a struggle and all these things, but it's like, I think for me reading it, because I don't think I've ever, obviously I've never like had this level of like PTSD or struggle or anything like that has ever happened to me. So I think for me, it was really hard to read it because you want to say like, Feyre, like snap out of it. Or like, you know, just, just tell them to like fuck off and, and work on yourself and like do all those sorts of things. But like, it is real and it's really hard to do these sorts of things. And so I think it, it makes it really difficult to read, but it makes it a really good read. And then, you know, when Reese comes in, you kind of smirk and you're like, okay, so here we go. This is going to get good. I love the way that Reese. Like, so I in. did not realize this happened so early in the book. Yeah. I thought this happened like halfway through at the earliest. Yeah. I didn't realize it was like the first hundred pages. And I was kind of shocked that it happened so quickly. Um, again, many things happen in this book. So. Yeah, and I like that. I I do like the transition, though, that he does come so early. And it's like, okay, we're going to take you to the Court of Nightmares. And you're in the Hewn City or whatever. I forgot what that, that house is called. I don't know why. And I like that she doesn't meet more initially. You know, she just sort of hears her. And that he's like, eat your food. I'm going to teach you to read. I'm going to show you these Amor's things. And like, that went well. Yeah. I love more. And- She's like such a good character. I honestly think that she's so well done. And like, she is a great side character. She's a super good friend. And you sort of feel that. And I love the the parallels in all of this. And it's not a hundred percent. It's not like there's six people in the inner circle and there's six people in Tamlin's court. It's not exactly the same, but there are some like comparisons between the two. And I, I really like that aspect of it. But I think the descriptions in all of this and how drastically different it is and the development of their friendship and how she starts to sort of feel things as a human being, like emotion. And then she goes back to Spring Court and she's like, yeah, so um, 
he taught me how to read and he like wants me to be a better person and uh, he he wants me to defend myself and they're like what no you could never yeah. and it's like like I have so much rage at the beginning of this it's book. this you don't know your own mind you don't know what you want let me help you let me let me let me just put you in this little box that I have designed for you and you can't be anything else this entire like first half of the book is all too well the 10 minute version music video yes yes that's the book right there. <laughs> just watch that that's the book that's the that's the music video that's everything like you know it's it's exactly what it is and I think I was like more angry about Lucian in all of this than I was anything because he tries Same. so hard and like just doesn't do anything for her and mm-hmm. then you know we get to the part where she uses her powers for the first time and Tamlin's just sort of like oops Daisy, sorry I ruined everything are you okay oh what's this wind thing let's ignore it again she goes back to Reese the second time he's very concerned about her they're really developing this friendship and then we come back the third time and he locks her away and this part to me feels so epic like I've seen Ugh. a few reels about it people really talk yeah. about it but like as you're reading it it feels so epic that she's like I want to go with and then he locks the door and Lucian is like oh fuck and like he genuinely has this feeling of like I, Lucian I don't know knows what to do. Lucian I don't know what to should do. have he should have stepped in absolutely and he should like, have stepped in I, I feel like for me that's a really heart-wrenching scene for Lucian and for Feyre because you're like this is the test this is the ultimate test of like whether he's your friend or not and I love the idea of shifting him into this light of being an absolute asshole like you're a bad friend and now you're the enemy and you just get worse like Lucian just gets worse and worse and I will always love Lucian but like I think the thing that happens there is like it's so heart-wrenching because you're like okay we knew that he was trying but he wasn't doing a very good job here it is he's we know where he sides now and then she's locked in this house she's losing her mind and it's just so I, well done beautiful so I saw something on the internet because I was obviously scouring you know fan art and all the things and I saw this thing and it I was like holy crap so you know how Reese talks about how he has like his power and he has to kind of like let it out every now and then like you know or else he'll go insane because he has like so much power that's what's happening to Feyre she can't use her power she's being locked away she's being hidden away she's being again shoved in this tiny little box that she's not she's she's not the human she was before that's not who she is anymore and Tamlin doesn't want to realize that or see that she's not that person anymore and he like trauma changes you and she's been through a lot and so him not recognizing that and him being like no this is who you are this is who you were this is who I fell in love with blah 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 and she's like no and then he's refusing to train her refusing to let her use her powers so she's truly going insane because she can't use her powers and it's just like and then he locks her away and I was like this man it just you need lots of therapy Tamlin so much therapy (laughs) they all do but like this scene is so epic because you're like did you know it was more that was coming or like did you feel like what did you kind of think about that? So, you know, she explodes in the ball of fire, the ring melts Mm -hmm. off and you're like, oh my God, soul crushing for her. Obviously that's like symbolism or whatever. But like, I love the way that like more comes in, carries her out. Alice is like, yeah, we fucked up, take her. And she gets to reason and is like, I feel safe enough. And I Mm -hmm. like, this is the development of their friendship into a relationship, like enemies to friends, friends to lovers. Like I love that progression. I think that that's a much better, for me, friends to lovers is like one of my favorite tropes so I like that progression a lot better than I like enemies to lovers 
where they become friends first and, and all that. And I think that this is like so beautifully done. But here we are again with like the court of dreams, the inner circle, under the mountain. Like everything is just so common. The worst names. Yeah. Truth teller. It literally that that for me is I can't. It makes me it makes me so anyways. Crazy. Anyways, sorry. Uh just the naming, like you name all these other things really like Valeris is a cool name. You know what I mean? But then you were like the court of nightmares. It's so original. It's so, it's just like, it's very juvenile. That's very juvenile. The naming of some of the things. And then I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, and I like that. I love the introduction of Valeris. I feel like this, she does a really good job with the descriptions in this one. You know, yeah. when you get to the townhome, you're like, it's so cozy and comfy. And like, I can see it and I can picture it in my head. I know I just, exactly what it's going to look like. I love that she like hears like Asriel and Cassian and Cassian's like, where, like, what's going on? And he's so, I, again, I, to no one's surprise, I'm a Cassian girl. I love Cassian so much, but I just, I was very excited to meet the inner circle and yeah, that was, that was exciting. Also love more. More is great. I love her. I think Amarin is my favorite of the inner circle to no one's surprise. I feel like she is just like such a fun character. I'm interested to see when we get to the next one, what you think she is, because I've heard some theories and I'm not sure that I believe them. Um, I love her just in my head. She is the chick from the Incredibles. I know that this isn't true because she's like regular everybody's age. What's her name that makes the the suits that like makes this? I don't know what her name is, but I know what you're talking about. about. Yeah. Yeah. Her, that like older lady with the short cropped black hair. And like, I I think it's just that description of it for me, but that's what she reminds me of. That like little lady that just like yells at everybody and is like, where's your super suit? (laughs) You know, that one. Um, that's what Amber reminds me of. So I really like her character. I think she's really funny and I like her progression and what she does in the next books and how she sort of does hold Reese in his place. I, mm, this is me as like a, a feminist, non-feminist. I don't like that. They felt it necessary to point out the fact that there were females in the inner circle and that like people were upset about it. Like we get it. And I don't like that. That was something that was like, Reese is so different because he lets women in. It's like, fuck off. Like Reese is not a It's a basic right to have an opinion. Like it's, it's one of these things too. That's very like, I, I, you know, I understand why she points it out and everyone thinks he's some like feminist God. He's not, but anyways, uh, that's a whole other episode that we can go into, but, um, it's, I, I did not like how brutal she was about the females and the women in these books not only in the court of nightmares but in all of it i I, she didn't she didn't nightmares she didn't need to be so brutal like i this is one thing that i it's something that i don't like and and some some of my favorite authors do this and it's just something that makes me they just they put so much trauma on these characters and it's like I I don't why are you trying to just like outdo the trauma of like other characters like I don't understand like I understand these characters have lived for a really long time and there's some like trauma that's gonna come with that and like you know wars and like feuds and etc and stuff but like for them to have like brutalized more because she slept with Cassian and just leave her to die I why like what is what is a letter to her body like those i totally why it's like like why why do we have to be so brutal to these characters what is the point like why you know what i mean and i see it again like sherilyn kenyon does this 
too like she's very brutal with her characters but like i mean freaking agatar's traumatic some of these backstories for some of these other characters that that she writes are just like oh my god but i i understand it's like the whole like dealing with the trauma and you know their salvation and bringing them into the light etc etc but there are things that you can write that it's like you don't have to be so traumatic you don't need to completely traumatize your readers to get them to fall in love with these characters and like we don't get and we get a little bit more of Moore's backstory in the next one but we don't get enough of it that like I, it felt necessary to share in the same way and like we'll get even more of it I think in Akasa if you get some some more of Moore's backstory but it, it, it's a lot it's it's weird because she's like well Moore is so like happy and bubbly so like 500 years from now I'm I'm gonna be okay and you're like that's so weird and cringy. She's and like, drunk all the time. She's not okay. More is not well, okay. And like she's not willing to admit that like there's that her best friend has feelings for her and that she won't have like an adult conversation with him. Yeah. And that comes up many times throughout all of this. Oh, does she realize the way Azrael looks at her? Does she realize the way that Cassian is like protecting her? Blah blah blah. It's like you guys can't have a healthy conversation. She has a terrible relationship with her parents. She has a terrible relationship with the the men in her life. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the only person that she ever kind of confides in is Reese and they don't even have that great of a relationship because he's yeah. not willing to speak to her about being an adult so like I I agree I think the trauma on this is like excessive and like we get the line from her don't let the hard days win and I think that's beautifully said and I think it's really yeah. well done but she talks a lot about mental health and I think that there's some healing that does definitely happens Feyre you know becomes a, a more whole person throughout this but I don't think that like for the level of trauma and things that happen her learning how to read and write and falling in love with another man is the solution to all the things that she's gone through. And I know there's not therapy because they're fairies, blah, blah, blah. But like the time span that she puts on the inner circle and their issues is hundreds of years. And Feyre is supposed to get better in three weeks, in six months, in, you know what I mean? So it's like, Mm it doesn't really make sense to me. And I understand that like it has to happen quickly because it's a book and blah, blah, blah. But like, I just, I just feel like it's like, there's just too much but you can time jump these poor you can you can you can time jump there are things that you can say like six months later like you know and you can say you know after and just because they're fairies doesn't mean they don't have mental issues and that their therapists aren't necessary like you know what I mean like you have all these other things that are relatable obviously like wings and magic and all this stuff is obviously not relatable to now but there are many things that are and it's just so it's frustrating to me they they don't know how to do a c-section so she's gonna die like just shit like this it's like what i can cut that out but yeah it's frustrating it's so frustrating and it just i again this miscommunication trope and the fact that pharah is so pharah is so blind she is so oblivious and blind to everyone else around her and it makes me it drives me crazy i mean okay i will say this I don't understand why everybody loves Feyre so much as like saying that they relate to her. Like I don't, there's not a single attribute of Feyre that I'm like, I totally feel that same way. Like nothing that she does. And that might be because I, again, I haven't gone through these traumas. I haven't felt these struggles. I think in the court of silver flames, Nesta's journey is a lot about mental health. It's half core, half mental health, which is great. And I think that there's genuine viable things that are spoken about in there, like meditation and yoga and like working through your aggression and things like that are, said out loud and spoken out loud and in these ones they're not but I think it's just my personality that like I don't relate but I would never sit there and be like I'm not worthy because I killed two people to save hundreds like I just don't understand how that's something that's so deep-seated in her when she like 
when like there's so many other people around her who have done like way worse things and this isn't like degrading her her struggles or anything like that it's just it's sometimes it's hard for me to grasp that concept because she's like i'm so upset about killing these people i'm so upset about killing these people oh my god i kissed reese i'm such a whore and it's like pick one because the trauma of you murdering people has to be way worse than the trauma of you not loving the guy who literally blew up a room with you in it you know what i mean like you just those two things can't be the same and i think that they are and like Favor just has no personality to me. Like, she doesn't do anything for me. No. I like her character. I like the journey. I love the... It's not like I hate Avatar. I love it. I really, really like this series. But her and Reese are just sort of okay to me. I think that Cassian and Asriel are chef's kiss. Great characters. Yep. I think Amran, fantastic. I love all the things that she does behind the scenes and her relationships that she builds with, like, in the summer court and all the stuff that she does and how she's always just that sort of side character that is telling everybody that they're, that they're wrong. We, we love that. I like more, but she has a drinking problem. She has mental health issues, you know? She like, has trauma that she's not dealing with. And it, it again, that's the thing that Farah is so blind. And, you know, she's dealing with her own trauma, which is fine. Like she doesn't need to, to put on everyone else's trauma, but yeah, to, yeah. to put these people, to put more on a pedestal and be like, oh, she's just like so happy and bubbly. And just like all the things that she's gone through, she's just like doing so well. No, She's not like, if you open your eyes, like she's not, she's drunk all the time. She won't have an adult conversation with anyone. She can't like, she refuses like her literally both of her best friends are pining after her. And she's just like, Oh, it's fine. Like I slept with Cassian, like, uh, like a couple hundred years ago. And it's just like, fine. Like he's fine. And I'm like, but he's not. And it's just like, so frustrating. She has so much trauma that she's not dealt with. Exactly. And like, there's so many issues with her and I like, I, we appreciate the great lines. This is a book of iconic lines, right? We get, don't let the hard days win Truth. to the stars who listen and the dreams that are answered, all the mating things. There's so many, like, I think there's a lot of really good lines in here. What Cassian says, where he's like, sometimes you just have to fight it out. You have to live with that. You have to deal with it. You know, I think there's a lot of really good scenes in here. And like, I, I, I felt so many emotions in this book. So she's out of the spring court. She's into uh, the night court. And then we sort of do this, I don't know, 90 degree turn. That's not like necessarily a whole 180 where it's like, hey, you have powers. You've apparently accidentally stolen things from everyone else. And we're going to try to train you. But also I need you to like go grab something for me because I need to see if these powers are real. And he sends her to the, well, they go to the prison first, right? Yeah, they go to see I the have, bone carver first. I have a thought. I have a thought. And, and go for thought, it. I mean, I have a fucking rage. Go for it. We talked about this in the last one. She meets Reese for the first time. He says his eyes are so dark that they're nearly black and they're, and they're violet. Hello to the world. Violet is not a shade of blue. It's a shade of purple. Even dark violet is a shade of purple. Um, we go to the prison. We meet the bone carver. She sees this boy with quote unquote crushing blue eyes. Shut you not. One paragraph later, it's his eyes are so violet. Those are not the same things. Crushing blue to me is like a bit, and I know that this is the way she wrote it and how it's supposed to be intentionally, but like to me, crushing blue eyes is like very light blue, like a bold, bright blue. I know that because it's her child, which we find out later. (laughs) So like we meet this boy, he's crushing blue eyes, whatever. He's supposed to be someone to them. Anyways, one sentence later, it's Violet. So you're like, okay, that's again, called symbolism. I understand that you're comparing it to Reese. Violet is not blue. Stop making it blue. Stop making fan art of bright purple eyeballs. And- I swear to God, she just meant to say like indigo or something else, but like, holy shit, that makes me so angry. I just, but it keeps changing. Like his eyes changed. Like you said, you would, you (laughs) sent me like, (laughs) 
<laughs> you sent me so many snaps of or like pictures of just like, is it blue or is it violet? What what is it? Make your choice. Like make your make your decision because it it has to be one or the other. Like it's like and, and it's like if you want to make them violet, that's fine. But say like a dark violet, you're it's the wrong color. Like you picked the wrong color, and that's fine. But like his eyes are not purple. Okay, not fucking Teletubby. Like like give me the rage. Anyways, I read a line on accident where it was like Cassian and. It, it was like Reese was talking and then it's like his hazel eyes. And I was like, don't be doing that to me. And then I read, and then if you keep going, it says it's Cassian. But I was like, my like eye was twitching. I was like, she changed it again. Like, just like, yeah. Get it hazel is nowhere near blue or purple. So look at a color scale. Um, anyways, sorry. I was really, um, I just felt some serious rage while I was reading that part. Now knowing like yeah. who the, the bone cover was like appearing to her as. Um, I, yeah. I like the character of the bone carver. I think he's an interesting I do too. character. Um, I'm, I wish there was more of a description about who was in the prison and like what these creatures were. Yeah. I think very this is vague. one of those ones kind where it's, it's a, it's a throne of glass crossover. Um, Amran obviously came from somewhere else. The bone carver and the weaver obviously came from somewhere else. I don't know how that relates to like, if, if those are, so like, I wonder, this is my question for you. Maybe, Maybe they're Vogue. That's my thought. So reading through this, I feel like Throne of Glass, Faye are older than yeah. recent Feyre. But mm-hmm. there is a part in there where she literally like falls through and sees two people like on a balcony and like whatever, cascading through. Um, a, a... She sees recent Feyre and what is it? A, cr- a court of frost and starlight. It's like that when she's pregnant and all that. Right. So it's like... I, in my head, I'm thinking like, okay, so there's the ancient fae that they mentioned in Throne of Glass, which are the people who like started the world. So is she kind of saying like Throne of Glass and Akatar are happening at the same time? Or is it like Throne of Glass is way older, everything that's happened, she kind of cleaved the world, the bone carver, the weaver, and Amran sort of slipped through when she opened the ward keys and the, like the ward gates, they kind of fell through. Or did they fall through previously when Maeve came through? You know what I mean? So like, I don't know. And, and like, they I, have feel like wrong. I have a very like when Maeve came through, that's when they came through because they, yeah. I mean, she keeps, to, okay. Have you noticed this? Cause maybe it's just me, but Amron gets older and older and older. Every time Farah mentions her, she goes from being 5,000 years old to 10,000 years old to 15,000. She gets older and older. And I'm like, what is it? How old is she? Like, and I know that's probably part of it. Like no one knows. Yeah she was in the prison for like 15,000 years before we found her. And I was like, I thought she wasn't even that old. Like, and like, how was she in the prison for 15,000 years? And then she, and like, how did she get, we don't really get Amron's backstory and I don't really understand it. And then it's like, if the worlds do cross over and, and I'm sure we'll have to do like a theories episode on this and look into this a little bit deeper, but it's like, Maeve wasn't even on the continent for 15,000 years. So Mm -hmm. it's like, did the world cleave prior to that where there was like a rip that you like came through and all these like monsters came through or like who created and then i'm in my head i'm assuming the continent is illyria or whatever it's called from throne of glass right is that kind of what we're assuming that makes sense yeah or is that the other continent that they didn't because like in my head illyria is oh because akatar and perithian is the continent in in throne of glass yeah and they like sent him across the but the thing is if on the continent they would they would well i guess the continent is one they don't visit because that's where like the other fey are that are actually fey and weren't affected by the ball magic like they weren't in the triangle and so 
I don't know. And there's so we'll do a theories episode. Yeah. So we'll have I to. I just was like trying to read it and be like, is this her like casually saying that the bone carver and all of them like came from the same world as the bog? Because the bog couldn't like shape shift and they don't have the same powers. And then they obviously yeah. talk about this a little bit more in, in Aka War about who they are and all that kind of stuff. So I was just, I wanted a little bit more of a backstory there. And maybe that's our job as fans to do the-, the Also the bog don't drink blood. Right. Do you know what so I have a, Amorin is? I, I have a feeling she's either like a vampire of some sort. I feel like she's a dragon though. Like that's like my- That's, that's my thought. That's my theory. Everybody's is that theory, she's a dragon. But everybody's theory is that she's an angel. But, but she drinks makes, blood. So yeah, I think, I just wish we would have got a little bit more backstory about the prison and mm-hmm. all the stuff that comes into it because I think that that yeah. would be really good- I would, I would love for her to go back, which she's never going to do this, but I would love for her to go back and write a book or a, a like a trilogy of everything that happened from like Reese and Tamlin and Azriel and Cass and their like the, the war, them growing up and how they kind of got to this point under the mountain. Like, I think that would be a really good book. I know we get some backstory, but I think it would be really cool to like read about them growing up and fighting and him and Tamlin's relationship and all that kind of stuff. Like, I think that would be chef's kiss to the conclusion of this and like tying everything together and making more sense but instead we're just gonna get more horny garbage coming up (laughs) (laughs) just as i suspected trash trash Um, anyways we digress i digress so they talk about this mysterious jury and being resurrected the cauldron blah 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 i still think in my head the structure of their religion slash creation of the world is not explained very well we get bits and pieces no, of it now, but like, very, yeah. who's the mother? Bless the cauldron. Get it, but also that's not like typical fake folklore, and I don't think she does a great job of like explaining it. We never really get an explanation of like this mysterious cauldron. Again, this might be one of those things for the mother as fans to like piece it together and make sense of it. But this is a very different religion than it is with like Throne of Glass. Like we don't get the, these references. That's why I was asking, like, do you think that these happen in separate times? Like, do you think that it's like thousands of years apart that like Throne of Glass happens? Or I don't know, maybe time is different. Just, like, totally different religions, like on each continent, because in my head, Perithian is the continent of Throne of Glass. And then the continent in Throne, in Akatar is. But, but the thing is, if, if, Aelin is like yeeting herself through the sky she's going through like different like realms so she's not in the same continent or area that she's originally I feel like it's a different world like worlds because they talk about the worlds being kind of like stacked on top of each other almost like that's how the Volg you know got through is those tears in the realms and they got jumped into like a different realm a different world and so I think it's a completely different realm from that of Throne of Glass. Well, that really burst my bubble. Sorry. That's fair, though. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining that they're all in the same world. So we go to the Weaver. She sounds terrifying. Uh, she reminds me of the Striga. That's like the, what I had in my mind. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, oh, just that's, that's terrifying. Now, like, just. <laughs> I remember I remember I think I said a snap and I was like I forgot how ugly the Striga was because I rewatched the first season of The Witcher and I was like damn she ugly like I totally forgot how ugly she was and now the Weaver is Striga absolutely and that's exactly what she reminded me of and like this description is god awful of her climbing up the body fat chimney into a roof of hair it's so gross just disgusting again why do you have to make this i understand the weaver eats people but why 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 like, why you, you go to the back and she turns around and has no eyes and like 
57. Uh, like she's so gross. Just a straight up. Uh, 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 uh. Maybe, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So she escapes out the chimney, which is also a terrifying thing. She's like, I'm not helpless. And she like, and like gets out, you know, that, that whole state. I don't know. Anyways, I'm she like, like itching thinking about getting out of a, a fat filled chimney just to roll. Isn't that just hair? Disgusting. Like, it's just like, ah, ah, ah. like shear your goat or like sh- you know like your horse or the your oils cow. from the yeah yeah and the oil from like the clippers and then you shear it and it's all over you you know what i mean and like you're just you just like itch for days it's like the little hairs on your like body from like clipping yeah mm-hmm. yep <laughs> I'm like, it like makes, makes it so I'm like itchy yeah itching. yeah, yeah I, I just I like the scene. I like the idea of her, you know, doing something for herself. I don't like that Reese, I, I agree with Cassie. And this is a good part where Cassie sort of steps in and says like, that was wrong. What you did was wrong. I think he has the best grasp on what's going on in reality. I think he has the best relationship yeah. with his friends. I think he has the healthiest relationship with his mental health. I think yeah. he's the only one with a brain in his head that like yeah. has a semblance for other people. <laughs> like, yeah. I think he's the only one that genuinely feels things for everyone else. And is like, he's very, selfless. he's very in tune with everyone. Like yes. he is very in tune to everyone's emotions. And you definitely see that through Akamath and in Akawar. You definitely yeah. see it in Akawar too. Um, he's very in tune. He is much smarter than everyone gives him credit for. And I, oh, I do have to say this though, because- I don't know if I saw this in a video somewhere or if, I don't know, but I picture Cassian as, have you seen Coco? Oh, you've never seen Coco? Okay. So there's this spirit guide animal and it's this naked dog that is like this awkward creature that's just like, that's how I picture Cassian is just like kind of goofy and like, you know, kind of the comedic relief and, um, there's another spirit guide that's like this, his, like the, his like great great grandma's spirit guide, and it's this like badass like panther thing or whatever. And that's how I picture Amran. This is how I picture Cassian. Now you all picture him now. Anyways, if you don't know what I'm talking about, look up the dog spirit guide and Coco, and you will see. That's Cassian. Yes. Let's let's talk the court of nightmares. I have some questions. Ugh. I have some questions. Let's talk about her initial meeting with her sisters. She's like, I'm Faye now. We need to rally these six queens that we've never heard about because they have the other half of this book we're looking for. We meet Nesta and Elaine again, and they're excited, but hate her. This, this scene really irks me with Nesta. I understand her protective instinct, but this is again, one of those ones that gives me the rage about like, she was such a bad sister. And I will never think of her as not being a bad sister, regardless of like, the emotional trauma that she was going through. Like, I get that, like you're saying, hurt people hurt people. But Nesta is such a shitty sister to Feyre. And she is like, she has this one redeeming moment where she's like, go get your high lord. Like, you would have done anything for him. And sort of talks her into going under the mountain. And then when she comes back, she's like, oh, you survived. Great. Ugh. Do you have something to say for yourself? And it's like, oh my gosh. Like, she did so many things. She followed what you said. She's coming back. She's not like taking over your life. She she's telling you know that all of this was given to you by a fairy, and you're still a bitch. So like I hated the the interaction between them, and where she's like, "Is there something wrong with the food?" And they're like, "I just would like smack the tar out of Nesta. She makes me so mad in this whole part." I do I do like that 
you can cut this out but like in aquaware when she's like i understand what you mean about the food like when she was like i love that I was like yeah you suck at cooking like i like you know what i mean um yeah she was terrible and of course you know elaine is so wants to keep the peace so much that she's like i don't want to your fae and all these like you know illyrian warriors and reese and all of them like that's that would be terrifying i mean if you if you literally spent your entire life with such a prejudice and hearing all these terrible nightmarish things about these creatures and then you've got two big bats walking in your door like that would be scary like that would that would be terrifying and so and I do love Elaine in this moment where she's like, no, you're my sister and we're going to help you. Despite the fact that I'm engaged to some piece of crap human being that hates everyone. But like, I did like that. She was like, no, we're going to help you. And like, yeah, it's a risk, but um, it's, it's worth saving everyone. And I felt like that was a very distinct difference between Farah's, like, obviously she had to murder people, but like, having to kill them and like really being so distraught about it and like guilt-ridden and everything like that and Elaine's like I'm going against my father my fiance everyone's beliefs my beliefs that have been so ingrained in me but I'm going to do it because I love my sister and I care for her and I'm going to do it because it's going to save the people I care about and she was very willing to say yeah there's going to be consequences but I'm willing to take that I really like that about that moment with Elaine also nice to hear that she was still gardening vegetables so yep (laughs) given back to the community what did (sighs) the queens i don't really understand the concept of these chicks because the continent i felt they were very pointless absolutely and like the the section that the the humans own is so small in comparison to the the fey lands it feels really aggressive to me that there's like six people ruling over those territories and then when Nesta's like so you're not going to save us it's like well then who rules over you like which one of these queens does it because you need to talk you know what's you know what really annoyed me is they were like we're not going to help in your pursuit we're not going to help with the fae and blah 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 I'm like you use fae magic you use you are here because of you winnowed here it's like if you're not going to help them how far away are you that like this whole territory because Nesta's like oh it's going to be like tens of thousands of people or like 10,000 people or whatever it was like some amount of people that like nobody rules over this whole area that you're like we can't help you so you guys what rule over one quarter of this very tiny section of the map like geographically it didn't make a lot of sense to me and I'm still confused I think they were on like the continent area there's like a there's like a separate you know where their father is so I think that's them and this is kind of like the middle ground so this is like the middle in Prithian you know because it's like if you look on the map it's the section is like it's yeah it's very small the fey part is you know like massive it's like the size of one court right so she's saying that you you think that they live like on the continent i think i live on the continent that makes sense yeah that makes more sense and they're kind of that buffer does it mean anything to me so i was very confused you're right yeah so yeah they were really annoying and that was just kind of frustrating and then they go back I hated the conclusion that came to this where they were like, well, tell us the truth that you're not like the wicked person that you say you are. And they was like, how am I not proof enough? And I'm like, you like, you could be brainwashed. Be like, I don't understand like, how she would be proof. It's like, you're yeah. just going to take her word for the fact that like, you know what I mean? And so it's Absolutely. like- Absolutely. I felt the same way. I was like, okay. But I don't like that their conclusion was like, we have to show them Valeris. I don't know how that would be like, proof either. What does that How mean? is that proof? Like, show what is that? Summer court. Like, I- just like I don't understand I agree like I don't know how it came to that and it was just a very convoluted way of like getting there and then they get there and they're like this is the only option but like now we have to go retrieve a magical orb 
And I was like, what is this? The black cauldron? Like what is happening here? Okay. I know this is probably not the right order, but let's talk about the court of nightmares. I'm genuinely confused. I have some questions. So they decided to go to the court of nightmares to grab this orb from Moore's father. I don't really understand the political system and like how I understand that he's a steward, but she rules over it, but she's afraid of her father. And she has some real issues there, but Reese is also in charge of all of them. And there's this mask of him being horrible, but like clearly Moore's dad, I don't know how to say his name. Kier, 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 I just said Kier, Kier, how he is like allowed to be disrespectful to Reese, but also is afraid of him, but he doesn't really rule Moore does and how she's in charge of that. But like, Clearly her father doesn't respect her or listen to a single thing. So that was really confusing to me. And then Kier knows, everybody in the court of nightmares knows that Valeris exists or most of them do, or the important people do. So like, they know that Reese isn't pure evil because otherwise he'd be ruling the court of nightmares. So the fact that they go in and like, I understand it's a show of power, but they were like, you have to have a mask, Feyre. Like you don't need to go in here. And if you do, you have to play my whore again. And I was like, but why? Let's just traumatize her more and bring her under a mountain and do the exact same thing you did to her under the mountain. Put her in fucking tissue paper and feel her up. And I just- And then like, she had to be mean too. Like, I was so confused by all of that. I was like, how is he going to believe that like, she's the same girl that she was under the mountain? Because under the mountain, she was drugged. She wasn't sassy and like came back and said things to him and like acted this way. So it's like, if she was brainwashed, she wouldn't have said the things that she said. So this whole, th- this whole scene just like made no sense to me. I was like, I understand Reese coming, but like the mask that Feyre put on made no sense whatsoever. No. I was like, what does her being like, get me a glass of wine have to do with anything? Because that's, that was 0% what she acted like when she was under the mountain. And if she's acting like his pet. But none of them were under the mountain. Was it Kier? Mm-hmm. Or no? No, none of the court of nightmares was under there. There we go. So it, like yeah. zero fucking sense to me. Like I was so annoyed and so confused reading this whole scene because I was like, this doesn't mean anything. It doesn't make any sense to have Feyre act this way and do what she's doing and traumatize her more and try to like twist it into this positive light. Like, oh, well, you're- It's like, he's like, it's all an act. You don't have to go, but it would help. It's very, again, gaslighty and just like manipulative. And I don't like it. I don't like it. That was very cringy to me. Right? Is that just me? Like, it doesn't make any sense the way that their Mm -hmm. mask was put together. And like, these people obviously know that like Reese is a different person than he's claiming to be because otherwise yeah. he would be in the court of nightmares. They all know the time. about Polaris. Yeah. Right. They, and again, this is like something that happens in Aquar when he's like, you don't think I know where you go. Like, you don't think I notice that you don't stay here where you like, you know what I mean? Just, and like, so in the palace the whole time, like people yeah. know that somewhere else exists and like that he's clearly not the one orchestrating all of this because why would you have, have to have a steward? in your place if you were here only ruling this part of the night court and I get that there's like the Illyrian war camps and like he has a lot of other things to do but like it doesn't make sense that like the major city would need a steward because look when we go to the summer court it's not like Tarquin needs like a steward to run Adreus or however you say his name like he doesn't need someone to run his city while he rules the whole territory neither does Tamlin so it's like that whole thing was just like so awkward to me and cringy and like weird and it's like, I think it's part of the him oh. knowing that that separation that like they just do their own thing in the court of nightmares and then the rest of the night court does their thing and that's I think that distinction between the two but it's still just very like I don't know it's just very cringy and weird I don't know I don't the court of nightmares is just I understand the the necessity for them and the like this is the front they're gonna put up that like and we get into this and he talks about, well, maybe we, this is an aqua, but he's like, maybe we should have shown Valeris to everyone else. And maybe everyone would have been happy and not so 
fucked up in the head about everything and like losing their human slaves and like know that there's a better life. And it's just like so frustrating because again, this lack of communication that just is so enraging. It's so enraging. In the iron box vibes. Yes. Like, yeah, I wish I just done this instead of sacrificed myself and lied about everything. Hmm, you think? Yeah. You think? I don't know. And I then, so it. they they get the ball or the orb or whatever, and they go to the summer court because they have to get, or they went to the summer court before, I think, because they have to get one half of the book or whatever. And so this made me mad because Tark, Tarquin, yeah, he genuinely seems, and, and he's very upfront. I love him. I love him so much. He's very upfront about what his intentions are as a leader, what, as a high Lord, what he wants to do, that he's struggling with it. And these are things that Reese struggles with too, with the court of nightmares. So I'm like, I love because he's so young and they say it like, they're like, Oh, he's like, I'm only 80. It's not like I've even lived that long. And, and they say like, he really, you can tell that he wants friendship with us. And, and I think the lines in this one, in this chapter are so beautiful because so he, good. she's like, I think you, and he's like, what are you thinking about? And she's like, I just think it'd be so easy to love you and even easier to be your friend. Yeah. And it's like, Oh my God, that's the ultimate like friend zone quote, which everybody write this down just in case. But like, it's like cute because it, it breaks your heart. Like if you're that guy that's in love with you, but I think it's just so well done to like, put him in the friend zone and say like I want that from you and he says the same thing about her like I think it would be very easy to love you but like it's really great to be your friend and you know you like want that relationship with them and she does manipulate him a little bit when we get to the tropes and like obviously she's trying to find something but I think that they're the the time that they spend together and like her bantering and her smiling for the first time and like this is such a great chapter but but what gives me the rage in all of this is Reese is being yes I was just gonna say Reese and he goes and she's like I'm jealous oh my god am I jealous is this what jealousy feels like oh my god I'm feeling emotions I'm gonna go sit at the bottom of the boat and just like wait for everyone to sell up because I like want Reese to come find me and like hey Jeff and I was like are you fucking joking like you're in the middle of this great conversation with Tarquin and then you see Reese being the hoe bag that he is and you're like oh my god am I jealous is this jealousy oh jealousy oh gross and I'm like oh my fucking god are you like I was just so annoyed and this is this is why she should have known that they were mates she would have been like he's my mate like get your fucking paws off of him you know what I mean and it's so and I don't think that would have been bad either showing up like that wouldn't have that wouldn't have made any difference to Tarquin and he would have been like oh so like you found a mate and this is your mate and this and that and blah blah, blah. and I think that actually probably would have brought them closer and, I think it would have and that would have they discovered that when she was at the night when she was at the summer court if she'd have been like oh yeah gosh, I'm jealous because he's my mate this is crazy and yeah. Tarquin would have been like oh my gosh you guys want to like do the mating ceremony here I'll like plan it it's no big deal go best friend like no, that would be yeah, <laughs> it's like, like that know. audio like it's like yeah it's just uh, you know what I mean it's just like it's so frustrating I think there is I think that would have again the miscommunication and but I I I was I felt very justified when Reese was like yeah I should have just asked him for it I'm like yes 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 it made me I was so I was just like he's like I just like feel really bad I'm like yeah you should because he would have been a genuine ally in a lot of this. And you are very short on allies right now because of this portrayal and this like mask that you've put on that everyone thinks you guys are garbage. And it's just so frustrating. It's so frustrating. I love Tarquin. I do too. And I just, I don't understand really like how this all went down. They were like, oh my gosh, look, look, there's a house in the middle of the ocean. We should go towards it. Let's go to the house. 
And then they get to the house and they're like, oh my God, this house goes very far down into the ocean. Should we go further down with no escape plan whatsoever? Yeah. And then they like keep going and they're like, oh my God, it's filling with water. The cavern's filling with water. It was just like, it was just so stupid. I was like, what's happening here? And and then the like the, the race, race come and yeah. I get it. I liked that. I appreciate that we kind of see, you know, the things that Feyre has done and like how she is a good person and made these good choices has like really helped her. And Amber kind of says the same thing, like you're crazy, but like it worked out in our favor. I, I think that like, this is, this shows a little bit too about Reese and how he's changing where he's like, I should have just killed the guards and I didn't, and I should have wiped their memories, but I didn't because he feels bad and feels guilt and is starting to realize that like he can't do this all on his own. So I think this is a really pivotal moment for the team, but still, I agree. Totally frustrating. I, he should have just asked and explained it's not that hard to just say like okay you guys brought her back to life what is so surprising about you turning her into a fae that some of the powers that you possess that you provided to bring her back to life would end up in her possession like that concept is not that strange and the fact that like everybody tamlin lucian ianthe reese cassian more all of them are like yeah maybe we should keep that a secret that's super weird we should just like not tell anybody shouldn't we we should just like right like everybody agrees we shouldn't tell any like but it's not that big of a stretch it, it doesn't make sense and they say that I, this isn't the next one but when they're they say that like it's not that surprising that she ended up with reese's powers and it's like how how is that not how is that she ended up with everyone's powers right. the fact that like, she has oh, reese's powers because you're my mate that you would have my powers and it's like that makes no fucking sense like if she has your mm-hmm. powers and she has everybody's powers you know what i mean like it just doesn't make sense yeah. like you specifically would be the one that she only just trying to like tie it together and no. you know it's just, just yeah. but anyways so you know they get that the orb they get the book they betray tarquin which makes me very angry and then she they go back to nesta and elaine's their their place and they meet with the queens and there's like only two of them show up or something like that and um basically they show them Valeris and they're like oh that's such a pretty city sucks to suck we're not gonna do anything I got some really shifty vibes from the lion queen not the older one but the other one I yeah didn't remember her not being the bad guy I thought she was the bad guy but she was really strange and then you know she's like we're not gonna do anything stands up and like there's the book in my head this is like a textbook but I think in reality it's more like a romance novel like it's pretty small (laughs) based on the way that they're like describing it just like tucked in her so it would be like yeah very obvious if you had this big like tone yeah in my head it was like textbook but then in reality when they're talking about it like being tucked in their shirts I was like okay so this is gonna be like smaller that's just like my own issues like a little black book yeah like like we're thinking book of the dead here but it's like yeah (laughs) I'm really thinking like charmed spell book but like in reality it's like the size of Bridgerton yeah so this was just like strange how all of that happened and then she gives her some like cryptic message that's like the sixth queen isn't ill and you're like i forgot there was six queens like thanks for sharing i'll just like tuck that away for later there's a lot of mystery in these like last two books Mm -hmm. of like having to unravel i don't know a lot of things there's too many people i think that are brought up that doesn't really make sense and this is when they meet with the queens they sort of bring up i don't know how to say her name marion and draken or and and durian and all them and sort of explain like their story a little bit more um I'm still confused by it same get a very good explanation until halfway through Akawar I think so I I feel like that was brought up a little bit too early because it doesn't really make sense and then we get to the part where they're like we're gonna go train your powers and you get to an Illyrian war camp that was kind of brutal I, 
I guess I don't really understand the concept of like the night court as a whole. Like I get the court of nightmares is like their main city. And then we obviously have Valerian. Yeah, but the Illyrians aren't even like part of like, they're, they're such a separate entity from the entire night court. Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like the, the dynamics of the night court, I get that geographically it's the largest, so it makes sense that they're so separate. But the dynamics of like the Illyrians and all that is just very confusing to me. Again, with the brutalization of women. Let's just chop off your fucking wings and clip your wings. Like, are you kidding me? I, again, with the trauma and and they're they're just like, like, this is the, this is the most. To the nth degree. Yeah. And they're like, this is the easiest commander to deal with. He like doesn't kill all the women and doesn't chop off their wings. So like, we're going to hang out with him. What a nice guy. And I'm like, I understand that, but you're the most powerful high lord in all of history. Wipe the slate clean, start over. You know what I mean? Like if that's really the issue, but no, we're going to continue to brutalize and we want a good backstory and we want the trauma of like how tough the Illyrians are, but like, I don't like them. I don't like the, the idea of having this entire race of people that Cassian is in control of that hate him, that brutalize him, that brutalize their women, that are terrible to each other, that murder each other for a rite of passage. Like it's just a weird race of people to bring about, to have them be this like brutal people. It just is such a weird concept. I just don't <laughs> like that. There's all these people that are just these like brutal heathens. And you're like, I don't understand. Like, are you in charge of them? Are you not? Are they, they don't rule over anybody. Is this, uh, I yeah. just like have no words for how much their, the idea of them irritates me. It's I agree. It's so silly. It's so weird. I agree. And then we kind of get into these hints or everything that anytime Reese uses his magic, someone shows up and tries to kill him, blah, blah, blah. She is in the woods practicing. She runs into Lucian. We get the first time she shapeshifts. And again, I understand that tapping into the power that Tamlin gave you is really annoying or is really traumatizing, but also nobody asked you to like turn into a grizzly wolf bear antler creature. Like they're just saying, Hey, can you do anything? And she has, she's done the talents. She's realized she has a rage problem. She's literally copying exactly what Tamlin does. And she's like, it's too painful to like look back into this. And you're like, it's too painful to do exactly what the guy who's cagey and gaslighty is doing to you. Too painful, yeah. huh? Mm-hmm. And she, oh, I forgot. Thanks. She wrote the note to them that said, "Like I'm fine." Leave. What were your thoughts on her interaction with Lucian? And then I have a thought about something I forgot to mention earlier. I was annoyed with Lucian. I was very annoyed with Lucian this entire book. He's like, "No, you're being brainwashed." Like this whole freaking thing of you don't know your own mind. You don't know what you're talking about. You sent a note that said you're fine. How do we know you sent it? You're being brainwashed. Da 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 da. da. And it's just like, ah, uh, stop telling characters. And this is something that just like, again, in real life and in books, and I understand they do this to induce the rage, but when others are just like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, you don't know your own mind. And it's like, you don't live in my body. You haven't been through the crap that I've been through. But like, screw off. so stupid. Like, he's so yes. dumb. He's like, there's just no way. No, like, there's no, you guys, guys. You know, like that's how I feel the entire time. He's like, no, like back me up, back me up here. Back me up, guys. And you're like, Lucian, what are you talking about? Like, stop. About everything. He's like, oh, there's just no way that you're okay. And and she's like, no, I'm okay. And everybody's like, no, no, she's okay. And he's like, no, 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 no. You know, it's like he's just flabbergasted by fucking everything. It's like he locked me in the room and that really traumatized me. He's like, did it? Are you sure? Like, are you sure? I was there. I don't know. It's very gaslighting. Well, he did it to protect you. And he just feels really bad about it. What a douchebag. I literally, that was the part where I I legitimately feel like I I said in my head, like, I don't care. I don't care that Tamlin is her. 
it's his own prerogative to to recover from the hurt that he's feeling regardless of whether i gave it to him and i feel this way about all relationships like it is your prerogative it is your job to recover from the hurt that you feel that someone else gave to you even if you you have to do the work yep and then you can come at me and say hey we need to talk this through and we need to be that way because i was literally like i don't care Feyre has gone through so much at this point especially with reese and the gaslighting the court of nightmares all the things that they did to the the people in the summer court and the relationship she built and all of that stuff for then you to come and say like well, we don't like believe your letter. And it's like, okay, well, bye-bye. Ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. And I'm like, oh, just like, And it's still, he's still so like, he still doesn't even accept it even when she's like, shows the Illyrian wings. And he's like, what have they done to you? And I'm like, bro, this is Tamlin's power. This has nothing to do with what they did to her. Like, this is Tamlin's power here, bud. So technically this is what Tamlin did to her. So there's that. Oh, there it is. I had a thought about a chapter I forgot to mention that happened like much earlier that I would say is my favorite chapter. This is like totally out of order. I just remembered it. The chapter where she's sleeping and she wakes up to like night all around her and she goes and like yeah. Reese. I think that one, I, this is so like irrelevant in this, in the timeline that we're talking about now. I just wanted to mention it before I forgot. I loved that chapter so much. And I think that that was like so much more intimate than everything that happens beyond this and I don't think it gets enough credit for like the the battle that like Reese and Faber go together and like their mental health struggles and how he's like this is a very similar to Akatar where she he's like I love you thorns and all even though it's Tamlin but like I love that she's like I see you and I'm not afraid and I thought that that one was like written so well and it it makes me want to like them as a couple more this is also also such a change from like what happened with her and Tamlin like yeah. Tam because Tamlin would wake up in the middle of the night screaming and like panicked and then he would beast out and like freak out and it's like but he never let her in and say and she would try to talk to him about what happened and how she was feeling she'd wake up in the middle of the night and puke because she was so upset but it was just like they would ignore it and it's like this was such a this was I love this part because he's like, I'm sorry. I usually try to keep it in my own room so that it doesn't disturb you. Because again, he's not great. He's still for the gaslighting and everything, but he's still trying to deal with his own trauma and not bring that to her and not like he's dealing with it and trying to deal with it and not put it on her plate because she's dealing with her trauma. He's not ignoring her trauma or his trauma. He's just not putting that burden on her. You know, if that makes sense. but she comes in no but like yeah no it's a great scene it's amazing and she comes she comes in and she's like you can talk to me like you can and I think that opens up that like that moment of it's okay to like lean on others and it's okay to yeah we're both struggling right now and us talking it out will, will help and so I like that and from that moment I felt like their relationship really opened up a lot more but um yeah he's still anyways (laughs) but I just I thought that was so beautiful and then like when she grows the wings you're like that's so like mm, mm, I love that and I and I do and I really think she this is one of those moments where you're like yeah okay so this is why people love Feyre like she's badass she's so cool and it only gets better from here I think as far as like the high speed action that happens you know they're flying and 
they they have their spicy scene or whatever they're flying and she wants to say something he wants to say something this is very i'm 14 and can't like communicate again a big miscommunication trope right before they're about to have a conversation he gets shot through the wing with like an arrow oh my god the drama and he's sort of dying and i like that she comes into her power here and remembers how to widow window window and do all of that kind of stuff but i just thought it was kind of mm, that she's like there are beasts roaming around the forest that are much more dangerous than me. And I don't know what they are. And I'm never going to actually describe any of them, but I am going to mention them like 13 times in the next two scenes while I drag him into a cave and there's beasts roaming about. So that was really silly to me. Cause like, I get it. You were trying to build this concept of like high danger, but it was just kind of weird because you don't explain what any of them were or who shot you down or any of that stuff. You just like make the assumption that it was hybrid and like moving on. Yeah. Um, I do try. love the, f- what? the flip. The flip here in one moment. She's like, I need to save him and I need to find the cereal so I can save him because like he's gonna he's like dying and I don't know what to do. So she like traps traps XOXO cereal. And he's like, Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that you would like want to protect your mate. And she's like, What? And he's like, What? <laughs> Very like say what? And then she's pissed. She's like, before she's like I want you to be healed because I care about you and then she's like I want you to be healed because I want to kick your ass from here to like Valeris and back yeah I I I love the cereal it makes me laugh because I understand that they're building a friendship between the two of them and kind of like explaining the whole thing because you know Reese at the beginning's like you trapped the cereal like I've tried that many times and never done it and she's like yeah like what like it's hard that was a very Elle Woods moment to me where she's like what like it's hard and <laughs> it felt it again where she was like hey girl you got into law school oh my gosh you know, like, <laughs> that's what their relationship feels like to me where she's like yeah like what like it's hard and she's like no no you're fine you know like totally fine you're a boyfriend yep. though by the way <laughs> and it's like oh my god you're dating a professor like <laughs> I don't know that's just how it felt to me like their whole relationship yeah or her being like it, it just is like one of those like the scene at the end where she's like someone who's gotten a perm like 36 times in their life you shot your you shot your dad like, what, like <laughs> I don't know anyways I love the relationship I think it's so funny and I I like that the serial is the one that tells her because it feels to me like this very outside force that that's explaining it because then Reese gets to get sort of this redemption arc for those of us who don't know how to read in between the lines or who don't want to read in between the lines or who really like Reese that he's not the one that gets to break her heart do you know what I mean like, I appreciate that it was a sort of outside person. So we are allowed to say, like, he was going to tell her, but he didn't. Oh, you know, and like those of us that don't appreciate this are allowed to be angry about it. But those of us that don't want to read in between the lines are like, like, how would he, he didn't get a chance to, because like the serial told her, oh, you know what I mean? No, so- he had every chance in the world. This is also a thing that, okay, I'm going to rage here for a second. Everyone knew! Everyone fucking knew. Everyone, everyone, every single person knew that he was her mate, everyone. And I understand, yeah, when I like come between a male and his mate and a female and blah, blah, blah. You know what? I don't give a shit. Do not care. Anyone could have told her. Anyone could have told her. They saw her struggling and they knew that she was struggling with her whole relationship with Reese. Like that was very obvious to everyone. Everyone knows something that is a bit of information that is very pivotal to your relationship with a certain person. Everyone knows, everyone knows but you. And then you find out from that person and then everyone's like, oh yeah, I knew, I knew that. Like I knew, I, I've known that for like a oh while. God, and it's like, know that? Oh, oh, awkward. Or they're like, oh, I found that out like weeks ago. Oh, I knew that. And it's like, why didn't you tell me? 
please tell me because it's like it's like oh no it's his his place to tell you no no it's it, yeah it was his place until he decided not to and now it's my right to know what the fuck's going on with my life like and my relationship sorry this is just something that no I that totally and, agree that in the you don't know your own mind thing in this book I was raging I almost threw this book like 10 times and that's why I'm saying like there's so many parts in here where I'm it's like you you have these moments where they're in the room and she's like I see you I see you or rewind you have these moments where she's like I need help I can't marry Tamlin I'm not good enough Reese comes and says okay I'm gonna save you let's find out how you can feel that you're good enough Tamlin really traumatizes her she feels like she's really working on herself Tamlin sucks Reese comes in and saves her again and then we have these moments where like she has great conversations with more, but then we go to the court of nightmares and it makes no sense. Then they go to the Queens and like, you know, there's all these like moments where it's like, they don't really make sense emotionally. The things that she goes through, I literally just lost my train of thought. But anyways, there was like all these moments where it's like, she goes through all these traumas and like all these things happen. And like Reese is there to help her or Reese goes through a trauma and they sort of build it up and they get this emotional connection. And you really think that like, he's going to say something she gets closer to these people. You, you wish that like her relationship with Cassie and that Cassian would have like hinted at it or said something, you know, and these, these especially people, being Cassian. I have a raise. Sorry. I, no, I agree. <laughs> no, you're fine. And, and that's kind of how I feel. It's just like, there's so many moments where she's like building this great family. And some of it just doesn't make sense to me. Like when we get to the very end and she like does all the things that she does, I'm like, I, I know you love them. And I know that, but like, I would still, mm, they manipulated you almost as much if not more than the spring court because they made you feel like you're my family but you're my family because of the mating bond that's how I feel like to me again like we were saying would would Reese have done all of this if she was not his mate he would have left her to rot in million dollar court. question he would I I truly believe he would have left her in the spring court or he would have toyed with her he would have brought her back yeah. and made her feel things for him and then sent her mm-hmm. back and mm-hmm. Maybe he wouldn't have done it in such a terrible way because clearly, as we find out, he's not the person he thinks he is. But I think that he genuinely would have done this to taunt Tamlin in a I'm a 14-year-old boy and don't know how to handle my feelings sort of way if she wasn't his mate. Yeah. And so, yeah, I I just, I like you said earlier, I love and appreciate the scene where she gets so pissed, she heals him. And then she's like, how dare you do this shit to me while smacking him across the face? They get back and she says, more take me somewhere else. And she goes to the cabin. This scene, yeah yeah i found some paints in a cabinet like this is so great first of all i'm just gonna paint every inch of this cabin and that made me get some paper farah like you don't need to really you painted their eyes that's creepy (laughs) yeah the eyes thing creeps me out and then she's like oh my god it swirled a big oh it's illyrian wings it's precious first of all i want this cabin i want a cabin that like fills up the bath for me and like makes me food Mm -hmm. and like gets me nice things yep um but I'm not going to paint it. It feels really cringy. Um, mm-hmm. And her being like, I finally feel ready to paint again. I know we said this in the last episode, but in my mind, in my heart of hearts, there's just no way that Feyre is a good artist. She just no. has to suck. Like she's so bad at it. Mm-hmm. And they make mention of it. They're like, you're an artist. You like understand detail. Oh my gosh, this is beautiful. I'm like, is it though? Is it though? Mm-mm. I just imagine like, I did love how she's like, yeah, even more painted some stick figures. And I'm like, I feel like that's everything. I feel like everything is very stick figure, <laughs> which is like, figures. fine. I have no artistic talent when it comes to like drawing anything, but like, I don't think I would like paint an entire cabin. I can just like picture him like walking in. Oh, okay. 
Okay. This is part of your healing journey. I'll Good accept you. it. Yeah, like yeah. that on the head. Good for you. Yeah, I don't think that the area, the, her time in the cabin is like long enough for me for all the things that she like went through. And I get that we have to be there for a certain amount of time and it doesn't make sense for her to be in the cabin for like weeks on end, just like alone and isolated. I appreciate we get more of Reese's backstory. We get, you know, some stuff with Amarantha and all the things yeah. we went through and all of that. We knew she was going to forgive him because she feels things for him. I think chapter 54 is much better than chapter 55. I don't need to like read about you guys like banging on a table with some paint. That feels very unsanitary to me. First, yeah, I literally UTIs for days. That's so gross. I'm sorry. Okay. And this is another thing. This is okay. We're just, this is an episode of rants for me. Stop like romanticizing terrible sex. Let's just like throw this out there. Alan and Rowan on the beach. No, just absolutely not. No, mm-mm. never, never in a million years. I'm feeling the sand still. Yeah. There are some like crevices you definitely didn't get. Yep. Continue. Yep. Poppy and Castile and the insane amount of shower sex that they have. That again, I just don't the understand. Snow? The, the, the snow? The snow. Yeah. The snow? Yep. The snow. And then now, now we have paint everywhere. And I'm like, first of all, that's sticky and gross. Second of all, potentially sort of like a toxicity ingestion issue here where yeah. you're like ingesting. Not only ingesting it, but it's like, you know, it's edible. everywhere. Is this non-toxic? Is this like, did they go to like fascinations before? Is this yeah. paint from fascinations, like body paint? Like a Crayola, I can eat it, it's okay marker. Like I'm just curious. <laughs> it's like asking for a friend. Yeah, anyways, they also, like, bang it out in the paint. Water, paint underneath. Like, yeah, squishy, like this <laughs> just, we are smutty people. I'm all in it for a smut, but. Same. I oh, just, you know I am, but. The logistics. Quit romanticizing sex that in real life is like cringy I just yeah again just stop I I hate it when authors do this they just romanticize this like these sex scenes that are just like why like why in a in a carriage on a dead woman like come on I have questions I have a question anyways moving on sorry we'll move on from that but anyways you get past chapter 55 they come back and everyone's like oh you made up shocking um and then they you know show them valeris and they're like oh we're mated and la 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 and so on and so forth and then it's a little cagey from there at that point like they do the whole they pull an Aelin and Rowan and get married under the all you know cloak and dagger quiet they show the queens Valeris and then Highburn attacks and it's all these like Ator creatures or whatever which is which are very reminiscent to a uh, Valk is my um you know thought there but anyways um so these like critters come out and they're attacking Valeris and she sends her wolf water wolf critters after all the little creatures and stuff and you know defends the city defends the rainbow bridge really a rainbow bridge the only thing I think of when they say rainbow bridge and this is so sad and I'm so sorry is like when people's like pets pass away and they're like, he went over the rainbow bridge to heaven. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, let's just, that's terrifyingly sad. I think of the Asgard. like bridge in Asgard. Like that's kind of how I imagine Valeris in my head is looking a lot like Asgard and all of that. Yeah. 
but it, it's just like very juvenile the like rainbow like center where all the artists are where they use lots of colors i'm gonna defend that i i like this part i think it shows that Feyre is like really badass and like she's kind of coming to her own and i like her death of the atar and like how she kills yeah. him like i think that's so Same. epic and she does such a good job and this is one of those scenes where I can see it in my head is if it would play on a movie screen. Like I think this is going to play out really well. Same. Um, and, and her connection and stuff like that with, with Reese and the way that they talk to each other and Cassian and like all the things that Cassian does and how Amarin like kind of comes in and we finally get to see that she is like very powerful and helps with all of that. Um, I forgot and like where this scene comes in, but I don't, the, the killing of the golden queen situation is like very it's very dramatic like, i could like hear the squelch like in my head yeah you know of her like, like hitting the bridge yeah mm-hmm. yeah this all happens and then they get angry and they're like we need to i don't even know destroy the cauldron or deactivate it or whatever the hell you want to call it and so they're like Farah, you're the only one that can do this which i don't understand how she's the only one is it because she has all this power from everyone or what it's the like calls to like thing. She's the only one that's ever been made instead of like, she wasn't like born a fae. She was like mm-hmm. capital M made. And the book was capital M made and the cauldron was capital M made. But this is where it gets kind of interesting to me because she reminds me of, hmm, <laughs> we all love a good TVD reference. She reminds me of Haley from all of this. That's how I yeah. conceptually see this as like, she is the only one that wasn't like, turned into a vampire it's because she had like a vampire child type of thing like all of that so that's kind of how I see her yeah. versus like her daughter Hope as like Elena Nesta where she was they were yeah. like kind of born into it if that makes sense like yeah. that's how I see it in my head or like logistically how all that worked out but yeah. it doesn't really make sense because she's not made of the same thing like it would make more sense of like Elena Nesta but obviously it doesn't mm-hmm. have daughter so whatever um yeah so she yeah is because she's capital M made that she can read the book. Cringe. She can't even read the book. Again, like, with the names. You're mate. She can read now. She's like, good thing I can read now. And I'm like, but, like, it's but not you even the same can't. Language. But like, Amryn told you what to say. And I love how Amryn's like, keep the book separate. separate. Don't let it come together. And then what does she do? She's like, like oh, this. <laughs> yeah. Like, why? And so she puts it together and it's like this whole thing. And she's like, I failed. This scene is so convoluted to me because she's like doing the whole thing and she's like, I feel it. Like I'm doing something. It's like working. Okay. I got to put the book together to like make it happen. My nose is bleeding. There's the King of Highburn. And you're like, so what happened here? Like, I just have a quick question. And and then they're, and then they say it sort of near like, or at some point they reference like, it almost killed you. And I'm like, did I you guys think that? it was just like too easy? Like, it's just like too easy. You don't think the King of Highburn would have like, I don't know, spells and magic and like guards and shit. And they're just like, we're just going to creep on in. Don't be yeah. suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be oh, just... like that's how I felt like the whole time. Exactly. I agree. And like they talk about his power. And I'm honestly confused. And it's like, I know the King of Hybern again is supposed to be like Am- Amran, who's like 15,000 years old. He's another one that like we've gotten no description. Like he's thousands of years older than Reese. And it's like, is he high fae? Is he something else? Does this like, work? Does this work like vampires where the older they is this like Twilight vampires where the new ones are more powerful? Or is this like TVD vampires where the old ones are more powerful. Is that the same with Fae? Like, are yeah. the Fae that are older more powerful? Like, does, like is that how this works? Spells that like nobody yeah. else has versus like, like Reese has just like 
elemental magic or like magic of the earth. Whereas this guy has like spell books and like all these things that makes him so much more powerful. Like that, I don't really understand. I don't, and to me, the King of Highburn and like all of Highburn, they're not Fae to me. Like they feel yeah. very boggy and like navy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's where it was intended to go, but it just, yeah. he, he feels so otherworldly to me. And mm-hmm. they're like, we don't, we didn't like expect him to do anything. I'm like, you, you didn't expect him to do anything. Really? Cauldron. Did you? Did like, you? Did you not expect him to do anything? And then they were like, I, I, yeah. If we can't destroy it, we're just gonna walk in and take it. No one's gonna notice us carrying a bathtub. Like, okay, all right, that's a good idea. You guys are stupid. Uh, yeah, this whole thing was. And then you get to the throne room, and then shockingly, in a shocking turn of events, Tamlin and Lucian step out, and I'm like, yeah, that that happened. Were you surprised? No. No? No. Oh, I remember gasping when I read it the first time. I was I was not surprised in the least. Yeah, I was like, cool. Anyways. I thought it was going to be and, Queens. I like did not expect it to be Tamlin at all. And then I was like, yeah. Oh, and, and then they were like, another surprise. Here are your sisters. And so, you know, Nesta and Elaine are like, come in and the Queens come in and they're like, well, let's just like prove that we can turn, we can make them into fate. Toss them in the cauldron. Toss them in the like, you know, cook them for a little while, and this there was so you go. Confusing to me. Like, I get that they were trying to torture Feyre and all that stuff, but it was so silly that they were like, um, "I want to be a fae. Like, I want to be a fae. So if you put me in the cauldron, like, it'll make me one." But they're like, "We don't really trust you. So like, can you put someone else in there first? And I was like, "If it goes poorly, you're not going to do it. Like, is that where we're at? Because it, it feels like you're already committed to like doing it." I don't know. Yeah. Throwing that out there. So like, was there yeah. a point in like throwing them in there? Uh, you know, yeah. and then you're just making Nesta and Elaine more powerful. Like that, that scene is so, it's written so strange to me. Cause it's like, uh-huh. you threw one in, she got made and they're like, throw another one in just in case. And you're like, <laughs> it's not just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they threw, like, they, you know, throw Elaine in and she comes out and Lucian is like, you're my mate. And I was like, oh, here we go. And so, you know, there's that. And then they throw Nesta in and I love this. Or she, but I was a little confused. I'm like, is she pointing at him or is she flipping him off? Logistically, like, I, I agree. I don't know because it's like so awkward. How is that? How is that intimidating? Uh, I'm pointing at you. <laughs> I'm you know, like, like, I don't know. It just, it's so weird to me because she's like her head's under, like imagine too, like her head's underwater and she like shoots her arm out and is like, <laughs> like I just imagine middle finger. I'm sticking yeah, with middle so finger. Yeah, I, I, I thought that too. But she would have said a vulgar gesture. Had that been, I'm it. still it going with death, the middle finger. Was a death point. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> this whole thing is so stupid to me. I'm like, what? You're, you're like, kachenga. <laughs> Quiet, coyote. <laughs> I liked yeah. that Lucian and Elaine were mated. Like, I thought that was a good end of the book plot mm-hmm. twist. I don't like where it goes from here. Uh, and that's a story for another episode. How do you how do you feel about Lucian? I have a theory of Lucian and Elaine. What is it? Uh, you go first, because I know you hate you hate Elaine. <laughs> I hate Elaine. I liked that this because I wanted to so for me, I think I really wanted a redemption arc for Lucian because I think that he, like more, has a lot of trauma that he hasn't dealt with and didn't and genuinely like doesn't know how to deal with it. One, because he's a boy and boys don't know how to deal with their emotions and two because he's never had the opportunity to do it and three because what his his trauma is is that he misses his family and he wants a family but he can't find the right one and I don't think that he 
deserve is the wrong word. I don't think that he should find it with the inner circle. I think that there needs to be a newfound family for him, which I'm hoping that as we progress throughout this, like it will become, I don't want to do this without like spoiling it for you. <sighs> Cause you know that he ends up on the continent, right? So him and Jurian and uh, Vaza or whatever, they end up kind of together, but I don't want that to be sexual. Like they, everybody thinks it's going to be a threesome with them. I want them to be his found family. Anyway, yeah. that's like a whole nother thing. Yeah. I have, so my theory is, and this is, you know, with like some spoilers of what I've seen from everyone's theories too. This is like a culmination of all of that. So I think Elaine and Lucian do need to be together. And I, this is my, this is my two cents as to why, and this is my theory. So Lucian obviously has a lot of drama. He has never had anyone who has loved him because literally everyone, he's got a shitty best friend. His dad wants to kill him. His brothers want to kill him. He's had like his girlfriend unalived in front of him like just a lot of things like terrible 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 things and so you know he's never actually truly felt love and what is Elaine Elena's sweetness and love and just wants to love you know she's obviously devastated about you know being turned fae because she's gonna get married or was going to get married and she's not going to anymore and you know she thought she loved him and so you know you've got this whole I think she would be good for Lucian because she is so loving but I don't, I think obviously everything, you know, she's with, you know, the whole Azrael thing and Azrael kind of brings her out of this depression and so on and so forth. And then you've got the whole, you know, the theory that Elaine's going to go evil and because of all this stuff with, you know, Azrael and him like shunning her and, you know, all the whole, whatever, you know, we've got evil Elaine theory. My theory is that the only one that's going to be able to pull her back from being evil Elaine and redeem her is Lucian because he knows like himself the only thing she needs is someone that loves her and truly cares about her and does not care that she's Faye does not care that she's made mistakes and is going to love her because that is what he needs and so that's my that's my theory is that they're gonna they're gonna be together I think I like, hope. the further I get into it I'm not sure like if Lucian and Elaine are a good match just for like everything that happens continuously but like I wanted a redemption arc for Lucian in this moment and so I, I appreciate that they brought it in and via him being Elaine's mate and I think that was a good ending to show some foreshadowing that obviously he's gonna have to continue to be a part of this whole thing and hopefully isn't on only Tamlin's side and like I think that that's a good idea I don't like the idea of them being like and we'll get into this as we get like further in the series and you already know this but I hate that they're like, it's not that common. Like, it's not something that happens all the time. But yet all three sisters who were not Faye previously all yeah. were mated to men. Immediately. And immediately, one. Two, that they happen to be in close proximity with the men that they were mated to. And three, that will... they were all pre-mated. Like, Reese says that he saw Feyre when she was human. And Nesta and Cassian obviously had a connection prior to all of this. So, and like, maybe not Lucian and Elaine, but like Nesta and Cassian, like, their Which relationship met Lucian she met yeah. Lucian when she was made she right, met Lucian right. when she so, was but made. you know what I mean like I just hate that it was like even when they were human they were like mated to a fae and like it's not that common and blah 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 and it's like it doesn't like where Lucian and Tamlin were like yeah we just hope the mating bond like snaps in place eventually and it's like yeah but you made it sound like it wasn't that common at the beginning like and people don't always yeah. find that and the people that do are like the high lords I realize as I'm saying that that that's wrong but I just didn't like yeah. it that like the three of them end up all made it. I I am very glad that she did not make Asriel and Elaine made it. Even if they end up together, I'm very glad that they weren't. I I, I hope they don't end up together because that is just so 
It's so basic and so obvious. Okay, you've got the three brothers and the three Illyrian blah, blah, blah. And they love the three sisters. And it's just so boring like and that's don't. exactly so there's like an extra chapter in Akasep. there's another character that comes in Akasep and they make a love triangle with Azriel and elaine and there's a there's a chapter in there where Azriel literally says like you guys got them why can't i and it's like because that's all sarah's just trying to get like one of every trope you know friends lovers enemies lovers love triangle miscommunication forbidden love you know like made it faded mates like all of that she's just trying to get like every trope in here and so I got it, but I agree. I think I think Lucian and Elaine are a much better match. I like them as generic sort of want to root for side characters that lots of people can relate to as a female and a male option, and like just having a lot of like things that that we want to feel for these characters. And I think that was his redemption arc, and I like that, or the beginning of his redemption arc, or the idea yeah. that like we're gonna get one for him, yeah, and not for Tamlin. I the end of the book gives me rage. Go ahead. I, yeah, I don't think Elaine would be good in the night court. I don't think she would do well there. I feel Nesta, I think, would do well there, obviously, because it's, you know, I think she would do well. She's, she would do well in the night court, but I don't think Elaine would. And I think that's also part of, you know, like you were saying earlier, like Lucia goes to the continent and all these things. And he creates this kind of fan, almost starts this creation of this family. I hope it's not like a throuple situation because I want him to find that family and not just that romantic connection he needs he needs a foundation of like and like what he can trust you know and i think i think elaine is going to play into that eventually you know maybe maybe not immediately but i hope she does i would i i i think they would be good together um again i haven't read farther and i'm only like a couple hundred pages into hack war so like that theory may go to hell in the handbasket but that's my theory as of now that if evil lane happens then lucian is the only one that can kind of bring her back and you know yeah so that's my theory i like that theory i what i agree i think it's also typical to like have azure and elaine be the ones that end together it's just like boring i think that lucian and elaine's characters changed drastically and i think at some point sarah forgot that she had made them mates because of the way that things happen and how everyone interacts um and I'm interested to see like how it goes from here on and, and what your thoughts are in the next book and, and their kind of interactions. I don't like the ending of this. It feels silly. It feels very juvenile. It um, made me very mad that she ended up in the exact same place that she started the book. Absolutely. In. And I understand like, it's like full circle. She's a different person and she can handle it now, but it's like, <sighs> but her breaking the wards, I think is what really annoyed me. She was like, I caressed them and told them that I was like magic and I was able to break a hole through the wards. And it's like, you're so strong that like Reese didn't think to do this. You know, like we just kind of put Feyre in this different light where it's like, I get that she's supposedly equally as strong as Reese, but like sometimes she seems so much stronger and we never actually get an idea of like what Reese's powers are other than darkness and night. And so I just thought this was really juvenile the way it ended. And then her being like, I'm going to do some really bad acting and be like, what, 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 where am I? Where am I? Oh, like it was, yeah, so, like it was just I so hated it. Cheesy. I hated it. And then the whole like quote unquote breaking the mate bond. And then again, and then you get the whole like shocking reveal. They div- they pull in Aelin and Rowan and they like in the middle of the night, like married each other and sealed the mating bond. And she became the high lady and da 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 da. And she's got like a glamour on her other arm of another tattoo. And I'm just like, okay. And so anyways, she ends up back at the spring court. And I love how Lucian's like, so what do you think Lucian sees with his eye? 
I think he can see past glamours and wards and magic. Mm. I like I that. I think he can see. Because a lot of people were like, I think he can see the mating bond. And I'm like, if no. he could see the mating bond, he would have known that Reese and Feyre were. I think he can see past glamours and like yeah. magic. And he can see like, okay, there's a ward here or there's like magic here. And the yeah. way that it's like iridescent type shininess. That's yeah. how I, I think he can see spells. Because yeah. they say not, I was made in the day court and that's where they're mm-hmm. the, the ones of the spells, right? Yeah. So I think he can see spells. That's my thought. What do you think? I like that. I like that. I I don't know. I didn't know. I was like, yeah. I don't I don't know because I've they heard it yet, but. they haven't mentioned it. But there's like theories. Like people are like, oh, he could see the mating bond. I'm like he can't see the mating bond. Like if he did, he would have known immediately that Reese and Pharaoh were a thing. But um, especially it, when they were in the same room together. And I don't know if um, he can necessarily see that like her arm was glamoured. I think he can see that there is a glamour. Like I don't think he yeah. can see her tattoo. Not but under I think it, but yep. he can see that there that is he can a see that there's like magic. Off, coming off of her in some way yeah that's kind of my yeah. thought and I I do appreciate this because I feel like it's very genuine ta- or very genuine Lucian he is the sly fox he's always going to question things he doesn't necessarily have the cojones to stand up to anyone Reese Tamlin the king of Highburn, yeah. Elaine really and and say the things that he's thinking but he is thinking them and I think he's a very clever character and I like appreciate mm-hmm. that he's one of the ones that does say very very genuine throughout the whole thing and yeah. she does a great job of building side characters. I think her main characters are yeah. very flawed. And there are yes. some issues when we get into that. But I think her side characters are, probably because they're not in the book as much, are very easy to keep consistent. And I think she does a great yeah. job with those characters. I love the ending, of the last line of this book. It's very, like, chef's kiss to the whole thing. Of, like, a three-star meal. <laughs> It's a really good line. It, it makes you feel like, ooh, ready for the next one. Yeah. Um, but it's very cheesy. It's very full circle. It's very eye-rolling, inducing, you know, like I, I eye-roll inducing. It's just, it's a good line. It's really irritating. Recent Aelin and Feyre and Rowan are the same. They're the same yep. characters. I will do anything mm-hmm. for you. I'm here for you. I see you. You know, I have my own issues I'm trying to deal with. You know, Rowan and Bear are very similar. They're they're very similar people. I think, yeah, the four of them are the same characters in some way, shape, or form. Found family, looking yeah. for things, looking mm-hmm. for harm, will do anything for their people, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. A cousin. Yep. A cousin. Yeah. <laughs> comes in from the back. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it, it makes sense. It's good. Um, Obviously, the inner circle in Throne of Glass is so much bigger than it is in in Akatar. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, it's it's good. So it, I like the series a lot more than I like Throne of Glass. Yeah, because it's a little bit shorter. I like the characters more. I, I think I just relate to more aspects of it. And mm-hmm. that one is such a high fantasy. This one yeah. is just a little more cozy. But for me, it's Crescent City, Akatar, Throne of Glass progression. I think she just gets better and better as a writer as we go yeah. on. But yeah, we're not absolute mash trash. We're just like no mash. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I again, I love Lucian. I love Cassian. I absolutely adore Cassian. You know, and the the side characters in Throne of Glass. I really like Lysandra. Lysandra is there's characters that I'm just like I love them. But it's like I as a whole, I'm just like I'm like okay, like I'm in the fandom, but I'm not like in the fandom. You know what I mean? I'm like okay, I, and that's fine. Like I everyone has their own their love, and I love that. I love that a lot of people love this series. I love that a lot of people have found 
seen themselves in the series or have, you know, it's helped them through things and things like that. And I love that. And that's, that's what I love so much about reading is that you can see yourself in some of these characters and, um, you know, it, there's just, you can escape for a little bit or you can, you know, realize maybe humble yourself a little bit. There's a lot of things that you can get from reading. That's just, it's just, that's why I love it so much. Um, for me personally, I'm, Akatar is good so far. Like it's great, but like, uh, you know, it, uh, I, there's other series that I like more, which is like fine. As we proceeded to kind of rip Reese and Feyre a new one in this episode, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoy it. It's an enjoyable read, but not my favorite. I will say that. Yeah, I agree. I think, like I said, the first time I read this, I really fell in love with it. I wasn't quite so deep in the fandom at the time. I was genuinely surprised when I started to look things up as far as merch goes, that there was so much. Um, I think when I came into Bookstagram, I started to fall in love with it a little bit more because I did like the series. I, I think it's, I'm, I'm really enjoying rereading this. It's very comforting. It feels a lot yeah. like just, you know, one of those ones where, you know, it's going to be easy to read and consume. Maybe the content's not like easy to digest, but like, you just know that it's a good read. So I do like it. I think she builds some really great worlds. I think she builds really great characters. I'm excited to see your thoughts on the next one. Everybody likes A Court of Mist and Fury better, but I like A Court of Wings and Ruin. Better. I'm liking Akawar better so far. Same. It's my favorite of the whole series thus far. Um, I don't know why it doesn't get as much credit. I think the relationship building in that one is far superior for the, the entire cast of characters. And for me, that's, I like a found family trope. Uh, more than I like a enemies to lovers or friends to lovers like trope so I, I think for me that that one I just like yeah. a little bit more I think this mm-hmm. one's really well done what was your star rating I gave it a three five yeah fair I probably gave it a three seven five I think yeah. just because I think initially when I read it it was a four maybe four and a half but I was young and naive and I hadn't gotten that deep into yeah fey fantasy at that point yet so it was it was um, but it, so yeah, I think it's gone down a little bit for me as I like read it the second time around and yeah. I had um, undying rage for the first 250 pages. Yeah. I think I just, I just raged a lot. And I think there was, again, as we talked, we talked through recent Farah's relationship. Um, yeah, there's just a lot that I was like, not happy with. There was some, you know, obviously it was, it's a good read. It's like you said, it's an easy read. It's a comforting read, I think. Um, because you can picture these places and you can picture like cozying up by the fire with the book or like cozying up in the cabin and like hanging out with a, in like this amazing cabin that like anything you could ever want. I, I want this cabin, like, <laughs> you know, and like, you know, there's just, there's a lot that I think you can relate to. I think people can definitely relate to it and relate to these characters. I definitely feel that. Um, me personally, I think I relate more maybe with Nesta. Yeah, I mean, a three five for me it's you know it's a good read I enjoyed it but it's not my favorite yeah totally agree I yeah I'm excited for the next one I'm excited to see what happens I really can't wait for you to yeah. read a uh, quarter silver flames because I feel like you'll have some <laughs> feelings for that one I probably I probably will have many feelings for that one <laughs> yeah it's I'm excited I'm really really excited I'm excited I'm glad we're doing this I said that at the beginning this has been really fun I think it's fun when it's a series that so many people love it feels very Twilight and Hunger Games and just one of those ones that's like very iconic in in a sense of those of us that are readers have really truly dove into it and love it so much and um I think it's really fun to like kind of get to dissect it like this but yeah it's it's good it's not my favorite I will die on that hill (laughs) 
I'm excited. I will say I am excited we are doing Actar, but I'm very excited to get to Crescent City. I am and... too, because I feel like it's going to be those ones <laughs> where like. The rare times where we agree on. Yeah, we agree a lot. <laughs> and I, I mean, I think we agree a lot on Actar, but I think we'll see it from a very similar point of view. Whereas this one, like, I think you and I migrate towards different characters, but in, yeah. in Crescent City, I think we're going to, we're going to migrate towards the same. So I'm very excited for that. Very excited. Um, do we have any announcements? Um, we are voting for our uh, book choice for February. So if you want to join the book club, um, go on our Instagram into and our our TikTok. We we have our link tree in our TikTok now. So if you're on TikTok or Instagram, you can go through there and go through our link tree and um, find our Discord link and join the book club. So if you want to vote on February and join in, uh, please do. Uh, we the more the merrier. It's, it's a great time over there. So <laughs> so come join us. Any other announcements? So our Patreon will be launching next week, next Tuesday, February 1st. I know we mentioned this in the last two episodes, but not a ton of info. And we will be doing a episode on the podcast and probably some sort of live on TikTok and Instagram just to kind of answer your guys' questions about the Patreon, about what we're doing in the next year, um, any suggestions and things like that that you guys have. So that'll be launching on February 1st because the way that Patreon does things is if you buy it on the 15th, you're going to get charged on the 15th and then the first of the next month. So we decided to just start at the very beginning of the month so you guys can get the most bang for your buck, but that will include some bookish goodies and we will be doing behind the scenes stuff, extra bonus episodes, um, voting power, happy hours, all kinds of fun things. So that is all going to go ahead and launch on February 1st. We're super excited about that. So if you guys are interested in the Patreon, um, I'll add all the information when it's launched. And like I said, we'll probably do an episode, like a little quick clip and maybe some Instagrams or TikTok lives to just answer any questions you guys have. Yeah. There's also going to be a discord for the group. So everyone can kind of hang out and, and meet as well for the Patreon. Um, so yeah, that'll all, we, we hope to see you all there. We're very excited about this. This is kind of uh, something that we've been wanting to do for a while, but um, we feel like um, this is probably the best time to, to do it and launch it. So we're very excited and we love you all. Also want to say welcome to all the new people who followed us yeah. recently. Welcome to the chaos. We're very excited. Thank you all for, for tuning in and following us and um, subscribing. And we really appreciate it. Also, if you love the podcast, please share it with a friend. Also, if you could leave a five-star review, it would be greatly appreciated. Reviews that we have, the better it goes. So if you would like to take some time to do that, it would be greatly appreciated. So yeah, I think that's all we have for this week but thank you all for joining us and we look forward to talking with y'all next week bye okay bye (laughs) thank you for listening to the bookish banter podcast this week we would appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a five-star review thank you once again and we'll see you all next week